Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap, your bi-weekly gaming podcast where we get in-depth about the games we're playing and some other stuff, some other shenanigans every now and then. Uh, of course, joining me this week is my co-host, Michael Damiani. How's it going? Trying to recuperate from yeah. that Vegas heat. Yes, sir. Uh, being on the surface of the sun for two days. Yeah, we were frying. Living to tell the tale. And we got a special guest this episode. Oh, some of you yes, might know him out there. He's in a, you know, a small game. Some yeah, people may have heard yeah, of. Yeah, you might have heard of it. Uh, Final fa- something. Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy two, I think. Yeah, it's like, yeah. A, yeah. How do you how do you do Roman numerals? I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm not know sure. That. Yeah. Uh, but it's the lovely Ben Starr, our Hello. official yes, it, uh, London correspondent for us, our official one. Yeah, live uh, from London. Wow, that's right. Um, yeah, no, it's been a real pleasure to be part of the indie darling that is Final Fantasy yes. sixteen. A real kind of like small independently produced project. Yeah. Um yeah. it's it's I like to call it the little game that could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Very it's great to be game. here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I know I know we're being sarcastic about yes, this. But absolutely. if you would listen to a lot of Square Enix fans out there, you would uh, kind of laugh at the amount of times that small indie company is facetiously tossed around when talking about Square Enix, especially <laughs> when it comes to uh, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, which we yes. will be talking about in a little bit as well. Uh, before we got in, get into it, Ben. Yeah. Your social media presence has been excellent. I have seen you just tweet out such good stuff. You're you are pleasing the fans out there. I've noticed talking about your pecs being too big, squeeze through space. Yeah. It's, it's really good. <laughs> I'm really enjoying all Thank that. Thank you. Do you know what it is? It's, it is. Um, do you know what it is? I'm asking you a question. I'll tell you the answer to the question that I've just posed to you. Um, I don't get to be stupid a lot in my life. I think um, as an actor up to this point, I've always played very serious roles. But I am just at heart, just a clown. I'm an idiot. I've always been the class clown. And... Twitter's kind of been a really fun place to just kind of take the piss out of myself a little bit. And um, I've been doing that a lot recently, whilst also kind of celebrating the fact that I'm a part of a a really cool world, not just Final Fantasy, but also video games. And I just think, let's be silly with it. If you can't kind of take the piss out of yourself a little bit, you know, it's a real shame. So I will continue to do that. (laughs) Um, uh, it's It's been great because I think Clive... Um, has been taken into people's homes and people do like him as a character. Um, and I just kind of want to celebrate that as much as possible. And as a fan of these games anyway, I would, this is kind of what I would want to see from my characters do. So I just thought it'd be a quite, quite a cool way of interacting with people. And, you know, I'll, I'll just do one of those silly Final Fantasy quotes or I'll ask for a ticket to Barbie or I'll, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you, it's been, it's been really fun and, and, and I've really enjoyed how playful people have been with it as well. Yeah, I think it's been really great as a long time Final Fantasy fans that we all are. It's been really fun just to see, especially like the main character, a character we all love, yeah. just having a bit of fun. So I yeah. appreciate yeah. that. yeah. I, I imagine it's been a. What, what has it been like, kind of a uh, seeing the reception from the, the Final Fantasy fan base? Because the as the team behind the game CBU three, they have like a very passionate fan base that is usually very welcoming. So were you kind of like surprised by it? Were you kind of expecting it? Like how did it go over? It's it's starts at the top, doesn't it? Really, like this team 
are so brilliant at interacting with fans. You know, you look at Yoshi P, you look at kind of like Koji, my mentor through all of this, um, and how brilliant they are at celebrating what they do, being a little bit silly. Um, and so I've kind of taken their lead really and gone, yeah, let's get out there because I've seen what they give out and I've seen what they get back. And I've always wanted to to do that. So um, yeah, it's been, I, I, it's always very, very, very nerve wracking putting yourself out there. Like you play as Clive the whole time. If you didn't like what I did, you probably didn't enjoy the game. So it's been quite, I was quite relieved when people didn't hate what I did. Because <laughs> um, it's a bit like, oh, this is my favorite franchise of all time. Imagine if I ruined it for everyone. Um, and uh, no, it's been, it's been a real joy and I will continue to celebrate it in the way that I think CBU3 celebrate all of their video games. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I love it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's you great. killed it as Clive, so don't worry yeah. about it. You're yeah. fantastic. Oh, thanks. Then cool. we have plenty of questions for you throughout the show. Fans writing in and stuff like that, too. Yeah. But, oh, uh... Great. Speaking of celebrating yeah. Final Fantasy... Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so, me and Damiani got back a couple days ago from the Final Fantasy North American Fan Fest that was held in Las Vegas. Yep, the Las Vegas Convention Mention Center, Center yeah. which Me and is on the ground floor, massive, covering it. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I mean, it was Brad's first fan fest, correct? But it was also my first fan fest as well, which mm-hmm. was kind of surprising for some people to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd been invited in the past, but yeah. it was always the same weekend as either. Uh, some other event like Easy Chillin' mm-hmm. or, or, or Easy Living when we used to do it uh, at the beach house. Yeah. So it was always kind of like a conflict, so I couldn't go. So this is the first one I was able to attend. And I have to say, um, yeah, it was a very overwhelming experience. <laughs> yeah, um, dude. It, it was, totally was. Yeah. It, it was the largest one. Um, so like lots of crowds, um, but lots of like lots of energy, lots of excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, being there in person. Um, We've done it so many times for events yeah. um, where we're reacting here. I don't know how many like press conferences you've had the, you know, pleasure of going to. Like on that scale, only a couple. Like even like E three, like back oh, in the day. Uh, like uh, I don't been, think I went to any. <laughs> I've been to some Nintendo press conferences when they used to actually do them in person. Yeah, and it, it's just like a whole other experience. Yeah, like the the energy in the room, the excitement, the cheering. It just. Yeah, you just kind of get swept up in it. Yeah, because this was all, like, fans mostly. Mm-hmm. And they're excited as hell to be there. Mm-hmm. So you definitely felt that. Like, I've been to BlizzCon a couple times, and they have a huge opening ceremony, and it's, like, kind of like that. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Now, uh, the best thing to see from all of this was uh, this was, like, the first in-person event for Final Fantasy XIV fans and the development team since 2019. Everything wow. had been remote because of COVID. Um, they did the last fan fest like as a digital fan fest. So they were just overwhelmed as well. Even though they had done it before in person, the, they were treated like rock stars. Yeah. Like they would say anything and the, like the amount of like yeah. applause that they would get. Um, Ishikawa, uh, the writer. I saw she, it. Uh, for, for N. Walker, uh, she was brought to tears during the closing ceremony. 
multiple staff yeah. people brought to your, your, tears. Your, your Yoshi P, P was about to, was literally about to start crying during the yeah. closing ceremony as well. Um, yeah, Sokin uh, was just like yeah. up to his usual antics, which was fantastic. Yeah, it was lad. it was great. Uh, they didn't stream the concerts, unfortunately, but during the piano concert, uh, he did a little bit of an encore with his little uh, that, that instrument yeah. that makes those funny noises. Except this time, uh, the pianist Keiko, she was in on it this yeah, time. They- Last time, she wasn't. <laughs> it seemed like she was not in on it because she was just in this face of disbelief while he was trying to sing this song with this ridiculous instrument. But this time, they were a little bit more in sync, yeah. and it was very nice. Like yeah. the concert was nice. Um, like Amanda Aiken came out, did some performances as well. It was. Just it was really good overall for uh, for for those performances. Yeah, ran into uh, your boy Koji Fox Ben. Yes, yeah, very nice. Yeah. Happy to see us. I brought I, t- yeah. I brought you up. I was like, oh, I'm going to send this picture to Ben. He's like, yes. Mm. He was pumped up. Yeah. Well, it's a huge like I I, I think I've said this to you before. Like Easy Allies, the whole development team absolutely adore you guys. So it was really cool to see you guys in the picture together because, you know, I speak to Koji about you guys all the time. Um, so it's, it's I, th- I just thought it was so cool when you sent me that picture. I do have a question for both of you. Yeah, about, sure. Please. If that's all right. I don't want to derail. No, no, no please. What no, go ahead. Talking about. But did you expect, I mean, obviously the expectation was there for 15,000 fans. Did you expect to see 7.0? We, was that was that kind oh. of no we expected it so yes it was expected Ben only because it's the precedent they've sent each fan fest they've held uh, the North American one's always been first and they show off a teaser which we get like a little like mm. snippet and then we get a title usually um, and then it's followed by the you know the Europe London in October mm-hmm. of this year will be that fan fest where we'll get to see more of that beautiful CG trailer and the first job reveal for the new expansion will be there as well as long as new information and then it concludes with the Japanese fan fest uh, which we get the full trailer the second job reveal and then any other the fine details are there as well yes. so yes there, there, there's that expectation I think it's how much they show and how much information there might vary Mm-hmm. Did you? Um, is that the precedent they've set for every single expansion that they've done since? So it's always been America, UK, Japan. I think so. Yes, right? I, I believe that's because the first fan fest was for Heaven's Ward in 2014, yep. I believe, and I believe it has been that way. Um, the exception was with the year with uh, for N Walker because of COVID. They did uh, like a kind of like a a big press conference like event. And then later they did a digital fan fest for everybody since they obviously didn't need to go to different destinations. Mm-hmm. Before you, before you got there, did you have like bets on what you thought it was going to be called and where the, where they were going to go? Did you have an idea? For what <sighs> Damiani seemed to have an idea kind of what's happening. Damiani is like much more in tune with 14 than I am. I am a casual fan. I would say I'm caught up pretty much with the stories, but I, I play, then I take like six months off or something like that, and I'll catch up a little more. But Damiani's like much more in the trenches about yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people had their expectations. As far as the title, um, no idea what it was going to be called. In the past, they had uh, some trademarks that kind of slipped through 
Um, like I know Shadowbringers was known before. Mm. Uh, this time I feel like either I just wasn't paying attention or they figured out a way to cover that up so people wouldn't get mm. spoiled. Um, but I think most people expected it to be either Mericidia um, or the New World um, because uh, I won't say what, but there was something in Endwalker that kind of alluded to where we might go next at a certain point. So that was mm. where expectations were. And uh, I have to say, talking about like the expansion, what we saw, uh, Dawn Trail, um, I really like the vibes. They called it like a summer vacation. They were talking about like uh, anime rivalry type plot line where the Scions are getting back, uh, not necessarily getting back together, but are like split into two factions and you're kind of competing with each other. And we got to see in the trailer, they all, they're all coming back, what they're up to, people speculating. Uh, obviously, the the fans went nuts when Grahatia showed up yeah. with a big fat taco and took a bite into it because, as we know in the 14 community, big fat tacos. Yes. That's another Koji, <laughs> Koji Fox thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, those lyrics. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good, uh, I think, a good crowd pleasing teaser. Yeah. Uh, ben. I know, so you've yes. done the meme, you did the meme part for everyone, the free yes. trial, ridiculous mm, free trial. Yes. You have said yes. in the past you're curious, you were interested in playing just sometime though in the future. Yes. Has that, yes. are you still interested to coming to Eorzea? Yes, yeah, so I've said to the entire internet that I'm going to do it, so I've got to do it. I think it's about figuring out the ways in which I do it. I think um, I... I understand what a huge undertaking it is mm -hmm. and I want to do it right and I don't want to feel rushed, but I kind of made a promise with Susie, uh, the sphere hunter, that oh. I do it with her. Um, and I would be a Lalafell and she would just be the tallest race in Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV and we'd just play through it. Um, but yeah, that, what's been so nice is in this, in this kind of process, I've made a lot of friends with people who are fans of Final Fantasy XIV mm -hmm. and are players of Final Fantasy XIV. And many of them are, you know, they're right up to date and they've been very kind in saying they'd help us, me, oh my God. get through it. You have no idea um, how many people would help you, Ben. <laughs> Maybe too much help. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That feels strange to me. That feels strange to me that people would want to help me. Um, but I, I'm really, really excited because fourteen, even though I only played a Realm Reborn 10 years ago and mm -hmm. I haven't played it since, it's been so much a part of my life making 16 because I've just obviously spent so much time with the team and right. it's just inescapable really. So um, also the place where I recorded 16 is the same place where they recorded 14. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I... There is so much crossover with the, with the staff and the people I've worked with who have, are so passionate about this project and have kind of really cut their teeth on on what 14 is. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really a part of everything that I've done up to this point. So it, it only feels right that I do it. Um, and look, I know they've said what is going to come out some summer, maybe? Summer, summer is next year. The, the target, yeah, yeah, and I don't think I'll be caught up by then, but, you know, I'm just here for the vibes. I'll, I'll, yeah. Let's see how we get there. I, all I've ever heard is, you know, God, Shadowbringers and Endwalker are two of the greatest Final Fantasy stories ever told. So <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I'm excited for. Yeah, I think um, since you yeah. already are a big Final Fantasy fan, you're going to just yeah. love it even more. Exactly. Yeah, Yoshi P describes yeah. it as like kind of like a, a, a wonderland of Final Fantasy or... Because yeah, it's really like is. a yeah. celebration of all. I mean, Final you can Fantasy use a gunblade if you want, Ben. A gunblade class, you, you can get Squall's outfit. Yeah. You can't start yeah. as that. You can't though, start as, but you can but eventually you get. Could to eventually it. get to it. 
I love it. You guys are going to need to help me through it as well. I'm just recruiting oh, sure. all of yes. like. Damiani helps uh, me through so it. I, I've been telling Brad that it is m- m- like it is my goal when you're ready to announce when you're going to start playing. I, we want the world exclusive. We want to say world premiere. Well, we got to have Susie though. Too, yeah, oh, we could, yeah, okay. we could we could make that work too. Okay, okay. You want you want you want world you want world premiere. We want world. <laughs> we want a world premiere. We the want Keely to take scoop? one from Keeley. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If you want, we'll do. I'll do the voiceover for it as well. We can make the graphics. Oh we God. can just go completely. <laughs> <LTT>. <laughs> All right. I like this. I'm very into this now. I'm sh- go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying I'm sure Square Enix would be just like, Ben, what are you doing? <laughs> going, I tell you what I'm doing. I'm announcing a world premiere yeah. on Frame Trap. That's what I'm doing. As long as we don't get in trouble. <laughs> yes, of course. Of no, course. We don't want that. We won't. Uh, um, They're amazing. But yeah, always down to help. Very much looking forward to it either way because one of the most, uh, I think, popular things to watch uh, from Final Fantasy XIV from a streaming perspective, uh, one of the most popular things is uh, people playing through the main story for the first time. So that is a huge draw. So yes, Ben, expect lots of huge crowds and expect a lot of people to be watching you as well. Yeah, right. well, You're I'm be a, a very celebrity very there. Well, I um, <laughs> the first time I ever played it, I was uh, I was an elf dragoon called Cadwaron. I was an Elizen um, nice. dragoon called Cadwaron Talathon. I put my name into a random elf name generator. Oh, and that's what I came up with. Oh um, yeah, and. And I was so bad. I was so bad. I was playing <laughs> on PlayStation 3. I bought like a, an accompanying play. I don't even remember them, like the PlayStation 3 keypads. Mm-hmm. Yes. Could use. You could oh, buy man. Yes. So there was me on my like really shitty, sorry if I'm swearing. No, you bad, can swear. Um, London flat at the time um, with my PlayStation 3 like at midnight, like tapping away very badly. And I've got really fat fingers, so I can't really do anything. <laughs> and my keypad at the same time. I was so bad. And people were just shouting at me in raids being like, Cad, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so it'll be nice to maybe come back and be a little bit more competent this time. Oh, yeah. You'll mm-hmm. be just fine. Poor, yeah. People tend to pick on dragoons a lot, though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Don't worry yeah. about it. I'm not going to be we a dragon. I'm not going to be a dragon this time. No, changing yeah. it up. I don't. Nice. That's what I played as first too when it first came out. But uh, oh, did you? Yeah, I forgot what you actually there wasn't started. A, there as. wasn't a whole lot of choices. At the yeah, time. And dragons because, yeah. are always just sick. Like they're always just rad characters. Yeah. So I was like, how yeah. can I not be one? Until I got animation locked to death like a yep. hundred times. Or uh, did that little yeah. backflip jump off the yeah. the wrong. Floor cap. to your death. So yeah. I, I like to think it's high skilled cap Damiani at the time. <laughs> they got Spe- rid of that. Speaking of, speak- oh, so speaking of like job classes, what do you think the next job class is going to be that they're going to announce? Good question. So um, people are pr- so there's two things we mm-hmm. saw in the trailer: the Warrior of Light, who fantastic new look, um, yeah. looks like a uh, Turner. Yeah, from Pirates that, of that's the meme going around. Um, Corsairs have been thrown around a lot um, because um, people are convinced that they have purposely not added in the full weapon that he will be using because there's a spot in the CG where he appears to be trying to hold something in his hand, but there is nothing there. So they didn't want to give away what it was. So people are convinced it's a Corsair. Also, 
Yoshi P came out in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtle Mayhem t-shirt, which is the way they tease the new jobs is with a t-shirt. And so people are like, what? We already have Ninja and Samurai, so what does this mean? People thought maybe because it's green, it could be green mage. Because one will be, they did confirm one is a melee DPS and the other will be a caster DPS. So I've seen green mage. I've seen a Pictomancer, mm-hmm. uh, which I had no idea what that was. Oh, I see six. Until, yeah, until this. Um, I've seen a lot of crazy ideas. Someone said it's TMNT. If you delete the last two letters, it's TM. It's Time Mage. I'm like, what? what? Time Mage? <laughs> yeah. That is sick. It, there have been a lot of guesses. Do you have any ideas or guesses, Ben? I don't have a, a clue, but what I love uh-huh. is you guessing what it's going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. because nothing because you just know that you know yoshi p koji the team so can they're at home going what are people guessing what are people guessing he's going to be because yeah. we had it in 16 was just watching everyone try and guess and predict what's going to happen <laughs> and, it's, and it's like read, read into stuff that wasn't there and oh. but i think that's the that's the joy of everything right you want to pick yeah. it apart and you want to know and i think you know, I, I I don't have a clue. I was just thinking, what you're just going to play as a as a talking rat? Maybe that's what it'll be. It's the Damn. famous talking rat class. That'd be awesome. Um, but isn't that the fun of it? That's the fun of this community. Yes. That it's like we don't know, but we're going to find. We know we're going to find out probably in London. That's mm-hmm. incredibly exciting, and it's probably going to be Yoshi P dressed up as that. There yes. is the precedent, you know. Yeah. I'm very um, much looking forward to that. Are you going to go to that, Ben? Do you think? I don't know. Don't know I yet? Don't know. Got it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to go, but it's also a bit like, maybe, maybe, would I, would I get spoiled by that point? Would they, would it, I suppose I wouldn't really. I just want to want to celebrate it with people because I know a lot, of, a lot of my now friends are going to this thing. So it would be lovely to be a part of it and celebrate it. And I, mm-hmm. even though I don't play 14, I got so much FOMO watching you guys and everyone out there just having an amazing time. And I was like, oh. I wish I was there. So maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't think the expansion footage, like the trailer, will actually spoil you. Um, Maybe it will just confirm certain characters make it through to that point. Mm -hmm. But this is really a new starting point for the the narrative. Um, So while they're the familiar characters, yeah, it's the start of like a new path. You know, one of the, Mm. you know, many meanings that Dawn Trail will probably carry for it. Um, however, if there are any other panels there that say like N Walker, like there was an N Walker behind the scenes N Walker panel that will definitely give you a lot of details that you probably do not yeah. want to hear about. Yeah, I'm not going to go to that. I don't think. <laughs> Good Imagine call. if you turn Good up. Call. Imagine if people turned up and it was like I was hosting it. I'm hosting the N Walker panel. Ben, but you haven't played it. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, yeah, what else? So they had they had the keynote there, mm-hmm. um, which was great, a good reveal. They had a, a press briefing kind of thing that we went Yeah, they, they had a, like a, where uh, press got to submit questions in advance. Um, and then Yoshi P, after all of us, after the long first day, got together around like 9 p.m. on day mm-hmm. one um, in the press room. And uh, he was very gracious enough to give us an hour of his time yep. to answer a bunch of questions regarding a bunch of different topics. Nothing really earth shattering well, in there. there was one that I thought was interesting. What was so yours? Note about it, and it is the... F- the People asked about a Final Fantasy 16 
crossover. Yes. For the, for the game. And he did, of course, the, the classic Yoshi P thing, saying, oh, I will talk to the producer of Final Fantasy 16 to figure that out. But he said something, maybe we'll hear more about it this sometime this year. Yeah, I think this is the first time he gave a little bit more of a window yes. on the answer. Um, but yes, that running gag, because this is not the first time he's been asked about this since 16 has been announced. Press yeah. have just been asking him about that. And the joke is, he goes, uh, there's someone named Naoki Yoshida, who is the uh, producer of Final Fantasy 16, who shares the same name as me and Naoki Yoshida, who's the producer, director of Final Fantasy 14. And we had a little bit of a meeting together to discuss this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're getting closer to it. Um, but... Yoshi P has said in the past that for these collaborations, they like to time it around something. um, It's part of a marketing plan. Um, And uh, I I would imagine there might be something in the future that they would like to do it around that. Also, go ahead. I was going to say, Ben, we're not going to ask you to tell us anything. We don't know. We're not going to even assume you know anything. It's time for a world premiere right now. (laughs) no, I no, I know you're not going to ask, and um, I, it's interesting, isn't it? I will, I will say this is like there is. It's nice that there is a clamoring for it, and I think this is, you know, there is that synergy between yeah. two different versions of Naoki Yoshida. So yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see what will happen. Who knows? If we get Clive's outfit and his hair and his sword, I will be very happy. Yeah, it's, that has happened in the past with like Noctis and some of the other characters. Yeah, I want we, that we've outfit. We got a few. I want Ambrosia. I want the mount. Maybe a little wind-up doll yeah. of uh, Jill or uh, Torgal would be wonderful. Yeah. So if that happens, I'd love then you as have a mount. to play. I'd want Torgal as a mount. Torgal's a mount? I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Torgal's the best boy, so yeah. Best I'd love boy. that. I mean, you won't, you won't be riding Torgal around. That would be a very strange thing to do. But um, yeah. yeah. Nothing, yeah. Nothing confirmed here. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that happens, though, Ben, you 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 are a hundred percent obligated to start playing immediately when that happens. <laughs> like, well, oh yeah, my boy's in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, because some of those you don't yeah. have to be like caught up to do no, those. Some yeah, of those you they make them a little lower really level, so like more players can enjoy them sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Ben, just to paint a picture of the center we were at. So it was mostly in this huge hall with the stage and all that stuff, but they did have some like little spaces set up from things around the game. Mm-hmm. I don't recall all, one of them was like the library yeah. from stuff, but just like environments from 14, just kind of sprinkled throughout. Yeah. From, from, uh, and Walker specifically, they had like little games you could do. Like there was like fishing or something like that. They were doing like a little fishing mini game, mm-hmm. just cute little things that tie with the game. Yeah. They made, to me, they made more for better, like, photo opportunities. Yeah, which like, we did get some. Yeah. We'll try to insert some of them during this whole thing so people can see. Like, they put they put effort into, like, making them look very nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, they did have a, like, wall to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did not sign. And they <laughs> had, like, a battle it. trial for a, tr- uh, a, a fight that will be coming in a later at a later date. Yeah. And obviously merch. Um, so while those were all nice, I will say there were obviously a lot of lines. Everything had massive lines. Um, and uh, so it was a little bit um, overwhelming in that regard. But it just shows, like, how popular and in demand yeah, it was insane. that this 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 event is i will say to people i have seen people ask like why couldn't they expand this make it like larger like it had like it's at the las vegas convention center this was already a massive 
They used just part of the convention center and it felt massive. And the amount of people there felt overwhelming. I don't know how they could expand it and accommodate that people, that many people. I think they might've had too many people there. Maybe. But uh, maybe that just means like, you know, when, when there's demand, you maybe pr- pr- provide the supply. Mm-hmm. I w- would hope they might consider maybe doing like a second NA Fan Festival next time around mm-hmm. because I, I think they could accommodate two of them in North America with how many people are going mm-hmm. to it. Um, but otherwise, yeah, they, uh, they, they like, spread over two days mm-hmm. and, um, the con, yeah, like again, the concerts, um, I know earlier you worried about, uh, swearing, uh, Ben, but, uh, Koji Fox officially made 14 also M rated. Um, he used some F bombs during the concert, um, soaking <laughs> approved as well. So, uh, right. yeah, uh, it's, it's now official. 14 is, uh, accommodating the, the, yeah. the, the, the F bomb. So 16 kind of blazed the path for that right there. Yeah, so <laughs> you. you started that. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange because I play, I play a character who obviously swears a bit and I just feel so nervous when I go onto people's podcasts and swear. So I just, I'm, I'm trying not to do it. And I also, I am a person who does quite freely swear in just casual conversation. I've noticed oh, that a lot. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm just trying to just chill out a little bit and not just throw. Oh yeah. You don't gotta be, you could just chill out, man. Don't be stiff. Yeah. You could swear Great. all you want. I mean, I'm chilling on this sofa right now. Okay, I'm on my yeah, sofa. You, you, got, you look I'm, like you're chilling pretty hard, so that's fair, yeah. I'm having a nice time, yeah. Definitely. I've got my Bose sound system behind me. We're all good. We're having a nice yeah. time. <laughs> uh, Damian, I guess just with the trailer that we saw, the footage, you know I like One Piece. Oh, yeah, Give you. Me One Piece vibes all around, baby. Yeah. Just going out to find some treasure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, dude. It, it I'm yeah. into that. Yeah, we didn't. We, yeah, we didn't really get to because I started that thought and then finished it. But yeah, like I'm really glad. Uh, sorry, I'm really glad with the direction they're going um, with this expansion. Um, we'd had such dark, brooding, high stakes um, storylines and Shadowbringers and N Walker, and coming into this more lighthearted, as we we discussed, um, kind of like premise. I think this is the right way to go. And in the Q&A session, Yoshibi uh, was asked about the future, um, the next expansions. Like, is this really the start of a, like a major story arc or how are they approaching it? And Yoshibi confirmed it's kind of like a little bit of a wait and see. They want to see mm. how this, this expansion is received by the fans. Sure. And if what they're doing, they really like it, they'll keep going in that direction. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it seems like this could maybe be a little bit more standalone mm-hmm. that could be on the table as well. If you know, they decide they want to pivot and do something else. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that because we've seen a lot of things that have been trying to like be serialized and build up to something big. And it's kind of getting to me, it's getting a little like tiresome, like seeing like, uh, like specifically like with the Marvel cinematic universe, it's just like, okay, we re- we got to Avengers Endgame, and now it's been years after. And it's like, this, this is so much. I don't know if I want to keep going with this and you run that risk. And that is something I think with 14 people are concerned about as a new player. Um, some new players are overwhelmed by how much they have to play to catch up. Yes. So that is something that uh, I think they're keeping in mind as well. Yeah. Our own Michael Huber yep. suffers from that. Mm-hmm. I think narratively, you just have to take breaks. If something is constantly being more dramatic than the last, you can only blow things up a certain number of times. You know, I think that like, 
there's only so many times you can end the world before you keep going god the world keeps ending this is exhausting it's like so yeah. why not go on holiday um and that kind of that's what they described it as right i think he went and said like it's a bit of like a getaway a break mm -hmm. allow characters to breathe maybe find a little bit of humanity that isn't in peril um but i did find i did i i i, I kind of heard i watched the live stream and i found it fun when they talked about the scions potentially taking different sides yes and there were the oohs and ahs in the audience do you have any predictions about who's going to go on whose side have you got any thoughts? well they there was a remark about the smartest scions um which to me or yurianji and yishtola yeah. were name dropped i feel like they probably will be on opposing it looked like yeah. thancred and yurianji were together thancred was like are. holding up a treasure map um and Yorangi was over there sipping a, like a margarita drink, just having a good time. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Yishtola and uh, Alice looked like they might have been, or at least Grahatia mm -hmm. and uh, Yishtola might have been on the same side. So, and I think some very you know keen-eyed fans think they spotted Alphano on the ship as well with Aaronville yeah. and uh, and the Warrior of Light. So maybe we have like you know that's how, uh, Alphano and Alice definitely have to be in different sides. This is something you're going to learn very early on, yes. Ben. That while they are siblings, um, sometimes they decide to go their own way on certain things. They have their unique personalities, obviously, and they definitely come across, and I hope they get back to those vibes, because they've been working together very nicely recently, but I'd like to see that kind of like sibling rivalry. Yeah. Mm. I, not I noticed that with the um, when people noticed him on the boat. I was like, people at the eagle-eyed people just did, like zoomed in, and were like, there he is, right there. Yeah. And it was like this blurry little image, which I loved. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm I'm super excited to, to to kind of like see the reactions to all of it because again I don't know what's going to happen but I watching that live stream it's impossible not to get really hyped about it mm -hmm. because it was just I watching people's reactions to it people to you know filming themselves watching that thing live what in the trailer got you like most excited hmm. well I mean I really I like the setting the new world like a tropical jungle um, mm. like an island setting. So one of my favorite Final Fantasies of all time is Final Fantasy X. Um, and I love the world of Spira. I love Besed Island. I, I love that just like that, 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 that whole setting and that, that, that world and that atmosphere. And the expansion was giving me those types of vibes. Um, yeah. And just being immersed in that, I feel like is gonna be really, you know, enjoyable. Um, also, we're seeing a lot of like the uh, different tribes being represented there to the point like I was almost like, oh, are they gonna be playable, the tribes maybe? Like I thought that was gonna be like a big reveal. Maybe that's still something they're holding on to, but yeah, they it, it's something, and also something that isn't so technologically advanced. We'd been dealing with a lot, like an escalating kind of like arms race of like weapons, and it's nice to go somewhere where maybe the power Power creep isn't, you know, becoming a problem anymore. It's more. Let's get back to something a little bit more basic. What about you, Brad? What did you? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. No, no. Brad. Oh, what for me, um, <laughs> I got hyped when he was fight. The, the meteor was fighting like a two-headed fucking uh, beast. Jewel, I was yeah. like, what is this? Shit? This shit is sick. Dude. Yeah, that's a that's a Final Fantasy Eleven yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. always pander for me. So. Also, and I think just the the vibe of the expansion all around, like on the seas or something like that. I was like, oh, maybe we're gonna like sail around or something like that. Just, just the pirate adventure is something I always want. So, anything like that, I'm into. Nice. 
how did you feel about because they showed off the graphical upgrades didn't they yes um, yeah i think that's nice <laughs> i think you should continue to do that um yeah, yeah. let's see this was they had teased it before, yeah. so we'd seen a little bit of what they were planning. Um, I think the side by side character comparisons was probably the most important thing they did because they had already said that they are very conscious about your character and that we don't we, they want you to still be in your head what you look like even after this graphical update and they don't want to ruin that immersion so it was like better but still you was kind of like the thing they were going for Mm -hmm. and i i think they pretty much got it because like the faces just looked like a little bit more livelier the eyes like looked like they were like not dolls anymore Mm -hmm. the hair the hair texture was much improved and also they're improving the textures on the gear now they said there's a lot of gear in the game and it won't all be done at once, but the ones they showed off, like it being able to reflect light in surfaces a little bit better is really nice. And uh, we've got a little bit of a taste of it. Um, some of the A Realm Reborn dungeons got a little bit of an overhaul recently um, with their lighting and their uh, like adding fog and just adding more atmosphere. And that's not even like the full, like, you know, scope of what they're doing by 7.0. I think it's needed. There were definitely people who thought the game was starting to look a little bit, you know, long in the tooth. And this is something that's going to help them continue to win over new players as they try and keep this running. As Yoshi P said, he wants to work on this till he dies. So, you know, they said the next 10 years, but in his head, in the Q&A, he was talking about 20, 30 years. He literally did the math in the Q&A about how many expansions (laughs) could I get out before I'm 60 years old. And he was like counting. He's like, three. (laughs) That's how he measures his life as an Final Fantasy 14 expansions. And so you should. That is the way that everyone should live their life, even if you play it or not. Being like, yes. oh, yeah. how many uh, Endwalker cycles is that? Fantastic. Wait, I'll tell you. <laughs> I will say that, like, in the time that I spent um, with Yoshi P and, you know, when we were doing some press stuff, mm-hmm. that man was always on his phone, but not on his phone texting, was watching people play Final Fantasy fourteen, And yeah. you're going, that is the dedication of a man who lives this video game. Like, even when we were doing press for 16, he was watching people play 14. Like, that is how much he cares about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so when people are like, is is Naoki Ishida taking his eye off the ball for 16? Like, nah. (laughs) Nah, he's just all over it. So, yeah, yeah, it it was really cool to see. You left a little bit before it happened, Brad, but on day two, um, during the PvP tournament and then during the concert. Mm -hmm. So during the PvP tournament, Yoshi P came out to say, you know, good luck to the teams. He then goes, sits on the floor, just on the floor by himself alone in the front to watch the entirety of the tournament because he just wanted a front row seat and there were, he didn't want to take away a seat from anyone else. So he just sat on the floor and watched the entirety of this two hour tournament. And then during the concert for the primals, he runs out there, jumps the barricade and then gets onto the other side of the front barricade and and with shades on too and glow sticks and is just there rooting for soaking no in, in the, the primals so like just throughout the whole so concert cool. was there like e- e- like this is on top of like being yeah. so exhausted from doing everything else still having that energy to go out and yeah. do that it, it is clear that well at like 14 is like his, like it, it's his life mm-hmm. like he he's very passionate about mm-hmm. everything else he works on but 
like 14 is like his baby mm-hmm. and when he speaks about it it's like clear that you're like he's never giving it up yeah like all these rumors that people say like oh he's gonna move on like when he took 16 on people are like oh is he like moving on from 14 they have to get someone else it's like no like no this this guy just does not know that he's not letting go of that no he's too There's passionate no way yeah also i think what's so exciting is with 14 there is there is this team that keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and they just keep bringing increasingly excellent people on to work in it and you know there's going to be a point in 10 years time where people who grew up playing the game are going to get to work on it and so you're just going to keep that that incredibly passionate development team mm-hmm. just keep regenerating and coming up with new ideas so i think there is such a strong future for the game and i really hope that you know this is the beginning of, of a new chapter in it and I hope that more and more players do get into it and it was ludicrous as it was that I did that silly meme I really do hope more people play it um, and yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm, good. I'm looking forward to jumping in yeah yeah I gotta have to update that shirt now it'd have to say Stormblood uh, I do want to give a shout out though uh, as Ben was mentioning like the, the, the new staff that are coming in mm-hmm. um, or just like them and like bringing out like the staff that have like kind of stepped up over the last few years um, Aimee one of the the, the translators oh, there right. yeah absolutely been fantastic um, she kind of had like a breakout a few years ago where people were just like so shocked at how like not only like how like well her translations were but like just like matching the the tone and the vibes of Yoshi P or whoever was speaking mm-hmm. um she was like in full almost like costume uh there's an npc who you will meet very early on when you start uh if you don't remember them if you start again ben um in a realm reborn mamodi mm-hmm. who is one of the main npcs in the beginning who gives you quests um she was you know Put cosplaying as that, mm-hmm. and, and still doing these with the 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 the, the, the Lollafell ears and everything, and still doing a fantastic job with that. Also, uh, English localization lead uh, Kate, mm-hmm. um, her her panel with Koji Fox and and Matt, um, just going through the process of N uh, N Walker's localization. Um, fantastic job um she had been doing a few things before i think digital fan fest everyone got to like see her for the first time on stage um fantastic new addition like absolutely pleased to Mm -hmm. see that the you know these new people stepping into these like lead roles and it's really yeah really good to see gotta have those young ones coming up always oh yeah gotta have them and uh the, the north american community team um during the concert uh, they were involved in a, a, a Sokin uh, specialty. Oh, really? Um, uh, 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 if you know the twinning, if you know yes, uh, Long Fall, um, the song from it, and remember what they did at Digital Fan Fest? Uh, they recreated that meme uh, with the NA, whole NA community team with Matt up front. <laughs> Poor Matt. That is awesome. <laughs> Was nearly dead by the end of that. Um, so, yeah, like just shout outs all around to the like actual yeah, devs team yeah. for, the, you know, Keeping that high energy throughout the two days we were there, and plus all the other time they were yeah. there setting up. For Definitely. sure. Uh, ben, I guess just before, whenever you start your venture, and again, mm-hmm. I would just recommend, like you said, to take your time. Don't rush it, my friend. Mm-hmm. You be an expansion, take months off. Just take a break. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do it all back to back. Space it out whenever mm-hmm. it feels comfortable. Don't feel the rush. You'll get caught up eventually. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Okay. Now, now, what's going to happen though is is not that I'm going to come obsessed. I'm going to lose all of <laughs> my friends and family, and this beard is going to grow down all the way to here, 
And um, yeah, it's just going to be me and fast food in a very small room. That's what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever makes you happy, you'd live. Yeah, yeah. That's all I want to see. <laughs> whatever you want to yeah. do, you do it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don, do you have any anything else before we move on? Um, I feel like I'm forgetting stuff, but we've been talking about this while. Um, just uh, you know, shouts to like. Uh, uh, the PVP tournament mm. was like nice that to was watch. Fun, actually, thank like thank you to Square Enix for you know giving it a bit of a spotlight. I know yeah. they'd done it once before uh, at the 2018 Fan Festival when the the feast still existed, mm-hmm. the old competitive PVP mode. Um, it was really nice to see those the, the the teams up there. Very good like sportsmanship. Very good games. Um, you know, and then like you know n- like a nice prize at the end that made it like uh, you know feel like they were taking like that square next was taking it yeah felt um, like legitim- you know, legitimizing yeah. it a bit and i i hope they uh continue to maybe nurture that and uh continue to uh you know put maybe more resources into that mm-hmm. because i think it's a it's an untapped little gem in the game yeah. that uh gets ridden off a little too easily yeah uh i just want to say thanks to everyone that came up to us yes. during the whole thing and said hi to us it was really great meeting mm-hmm. a lot of people Fans of Easy Eyes and fans of the game, super fun. Mm-hmm. Really happy to meet all of them. Yeah, it was great to meet all uh, a bunch of people. Uh, apologies to there are a bunch of people I didn't get to meet up with who are trying to yeah. meet up with. Um, knowing how it is now, uh, next time in two years, uh, if we get to go back, uh, we'll do a little bit more pre-planning this time to make it a little bit more yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. more structured, now so we could like meet up with go. some people. Now that I know how it goes, so yeah, it'd been four years since going to a convention and the first fan fest, so a little bit of a learning curve there. Dude, uh, shout out to Damian, you and me. We just went to Caesar's Palace one day when we had time. Dude. Yeah, we just fucking went around. Dude. I bought one drink, Ben. Oh god, at Caesar's Palace, one drink, <laughs> and it was twenty one dollars. <laughs> Like the guy tiny. said to me, yeah, I got a gin and tonic. <laughs> and I was like, and he said the note to me, and I was like, wait, how much? And he goes, 21. Like I was a like, plastic okay. cup and everything. It was like, just from like a no-name bar, like, yeah, okay. On, on the casino floor, I was like, all right, dude. That's the, that's my one. I, I'm going to say this. So, obviously, I had the great fortune of meeting you all when I was in Los Angeles for kind of mm-hmm. Summer Game Fest for the launch of Final Fantasy 16 event. And, you know, the the thing about Summer Games Fest was that everyone meets in the JW Marriott, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what everyone yeah. does in the evening, they all hang out. And I just thought, wow, great, I'll go to the JW Marriott, I'll get one drink. I, I, I don't know how you afford it. What, it's the most expensive place on the planet. I Like, I come from London, and again, it was that thing of going, one drink, how many dollars? And I have to tip as well. And we go, yeah. that's all of the money that I have, sir. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's, yeah, um, it was a it was a kind of a shocking experience. You just forget, you know, when you go to bars, alcohol's really expensive. It sure is in this dude. country. In this country, you have a place called Weatherspoons, uh, which is um, any English fans out there who are listening, I'm sure they're cheering, going either Weatherspoons is terrible or Weatherspoons is great. <laughs> and, like it, it is, it is, it's very infamous. And um, but yeah, and there's loads of them around the UK, and they're so cheap. It's just like you can get absolutely trashed yeah. for about what the equivalent of like $10. And yeah. you can just buy like a, a bottle of, I um, went to one once and I was, sorry for getting off track, but I went to one once up to the bar and the smell was horrendous. And I just said, <laughs> the, I, it was honestly, it was awful. It smelled like, it oh, smelled dear. like a baby's, what you yeah. call a baby's diaper. It smelled really 
quite awful. And I just said to the um, to the bar, barman, sorry, sir, um, why does it smell like shit? And um, they all laughed and went, oh, sorry, it's just the bar is... Um, the bar is below, directly below a raw sewage pipe. Oh. And so they had built the bar around a raw sewage pipe. So what I was actually smelling was actually shit. Oh, and no. it was just, and I was going, that's why I'm spending three pounds on a, on yeah. a glass of Pinot Grigio, because I'm also taking in poo particles into uh, my yeah. nose. Absolutely. <laughs> Until they get you. So shout out to Weatherspoon's drink there. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around here, if you go to happy hour stuff, it's pretty chill. But uh, yeah, at hotels and stuff like that, they'll gouge you. Badly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta be careful. All right. It's time to talk about a game I know you're excited for, Ben. I've seen you talk about this a little yep. bit. Baldur's Gate 3. Ooh. Yes. I've been playing this. I've played about four hours so far, maybe nice. five. Oh, it's good. That's a, what's that, like 0.1% of the game? Hey, I have no idea. <laughs> hey, I have no idea, but it's so good. Nice. This is like one of the most deep, rich RPG games I've ever played in my life. Ooh. Every character you can talk to, and there's like a little cutscene of you talking to them, actually. Oh, nice. They got stuff to say sometimes, stuff that you may not get unless you talk to them. Some random guy you might want to talk to. Get a little extra, a little lore. We make a little quest for that. Oh, I, I like this. I like yes. NPCs that give you that context. Yes. That uh, help you inform you in that world building. That's so, much so good. And not like an overly annoying amount of world building, too, where I feel like it's okay, just like an info good. dump. You know, no one's handing me a book that's 40 pages to read yes. or anything like that. I'm just like this super chill. You're going at your pace and kind of exploring, unraveling as you want. Uh, so people, if they're not familiar, Baldur's Gate's an old RPG series, CRPG. I never played the first two, but I've played... This, the team that made this is Larian Studios. Mm-hmm. They made Divinity 1 and 2, and I played a lot of Divinity 2. That was like my first CRPG, and I was like, I really like these games. I like, kind of fell in love with those games. I was so late to the party on them, but I was just like, dude, these are these are like some of the best RPGs I've ever played. I'm happy to say the quality is even higher so far in Baldur's Gate 3, where I am just blown away what they are throwing at you. That's really so, good to hear. Right off the bat, the game, you can you can play as, I believe, NPCs in the game. You will see like the NPCs, like party members and stuff. You can play as one of them, or you can make your own character, which I did. Okay, I see. Lots yeah. of races to pick from, elves, gnomes, half-orc, dwarfs, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I picked a an elf, a wood elf, just because I decided to play a ranger. Okay, and that's something I usually don't play. Yeah, a lot of games like a, that. that. So I thought it'd be, I was like, oh yeah, I'll try this. Like right. I always play as like a rogue or something like that, or like a big fucking tank or some shit like that. I'm always into that, but I was like, let's try something a little different. So I picked the rogue or the wood elf to get a little proficiency bonuses with like bows and all that stuff. Pick my guy, main indicator, dude, my old D and D guy. All right, do a what if scenario now. If he was an arch or a ranger now, got awesome scars on my face. Gotta have that kind of shit. But uh, the yep. game opens up with um, a cool cinematic of like these uh, the tentacle face guys. I can't mind flares. I should okay. say abducting people, and you get abducted. You're put on the ship. They put a parasite in your eye. Oh, I hate and that. The, it's essentially a ticking time bomb. Is where you will eventually turn into one of them. Oh, okay. So it's like All you right. on this ship. 
and you eventually find other party members in there, everyone that have these flays in them too, and you bust out of the ship, ship crashes, you crash land in like this sick little like cove area with like some forest and stuff like that. And pretty much everyone you're with is like, yo, we gotta figure out how to get these parasites out of your head. And when you're talking to these characters, some of the things you may say may they may approve what you say, but some of them will not approve of what you say. Like some of the early characters on is just like a this like fighter uh, woman. She's like a, a tiefling, I think. No, it's not a tiefling. I forgot what her race is called, but she's like a warrior. There's this, a, guy, a guy that's a vampire, also an elf, that's with you. And mm-hmm. they have like kind of banter on what one thing I'd pick might upset the other one. Okay. But if I pick it, make the other one happy. Stuff like that to look out for. And of course, the like the better side you get on with them, more about them will become available to you. A little more scenarios and stuff like that. But anyways, what's cool about this game is, like, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can attack a situation any way you want, dude. Okay. So with my with my uh, my ranger, I have this thing where I could summon, like, a, a cantrip or uh, to summon, like, a little familiar with me. I sent out a little frog, dude. All right. And I could have this frog just go anywhere I want, and if he hits someone, it'll poison them. So I just sent them... <laughs> Into, like, the middle of a pack, and I'm just sitting there back there watching, <laughs> laughing at myself and watching my frog hit someone, just poison them. I'm like, oh, this is just dumb shit I kind of like to do in these games like that. Like, there's an action to just push people over. You could just push someone <laughs> so off just of the cliff, asshole? dude. Oh, yeah, you yeah, can okay. be an asshole. You can be a total dick if you want. You can kill, like, anyone if you want. You can do whatever you want. So much room. And also, what I like about the game is, so, if, like, if you've played D&D, you know you roll dice. You gotta, there's some checks, like, there. Big part of this game, too. There's choices. You try to do something, you gotta roll that dice. Okay. Sometimes that dice goes up, things can turn out nicely. Sometimes it goes bad, though. Shit gets rough, or can get rough. I was, like, talking with these, uh, these goblins trying to, like, I'm like, yo, chill out, everybody. Chill out. We're all good kind of thing like that. Did a dice roll for, like, persuasion. Did not get it. <sighs> Combat. Immediately, dude. Like, Everyone gets fight in a breaks fight. breaks out. Yep. Just shit hit the fan, dude. They had guys on the roofs that I didn't see earlier. They threw, like, a firebomb down at me. <laughs> they just fucking blew someone up. I was like, oh, my God, dude. It was so oh, no. it's all going awesome, wrong. though. Yeah it, yeah, it can go wrong so quick, but you can also, like, there's so many ways to approach a situation. Yeah, that's... Because you can split up your party members if you want, you can play as them. So I sent, like, my guy, the vampire guy, who's, like, a rogue, I had him, like, go up on a ceiling or a, a roof and wait for a moment of opportunity to hit someone like that. They'd come out, he'd jump down and get, like, sick backstabs on them while I'm sitting away far, like, shooting them. And my warrior's up there, and I got a cleric back there. It's all real good shit. But, um... Like I said, I'm only four or five hours in, and I feel like I'm, there's so much that I'm not seeing yet. I'm just, like, literally scratching the surface of this game right now. Yeah. I mean, this sounds like what everyone's been hoping yeah. for from this. Yeah. Um, also sounds, like, incredibly, like, you know, rewarding that it's going to be, like, have these, like, these deep systems, mm-hmm. these deep RPG systems that yep. people have come to expect from this series. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, like, uh, maybe for, like, a newcomer, this sounds, like, very overwhelming, too. Like, it feels like... Uh, so, yeah, I do wonder that. I think it seems... So, when I played Divinity 2, that was, like, my first kind of game like that, and this seems much more... St- streamlined and chill to understand okay, it just seems like good. everything is explained much better and it i think it eases you in a little bit better okay that's it good. really feels like this part of the game i'm at 
they expect you to make mistakes and just kind of fuck around and experiment. And it, the game seems balanced around that right now. Yeah, I think that's the a very important point is that the game allows you to fail to make mistakes but you can get very far along with those like if it was too punishing too soon i think that's where these types of games fall apart for a lot of people but it's that chaos that ensues that like gives you these wonderful stories to share with your friends like Mm -hmm. you're sharing now um because it allows you to get that much for further deeper into Mm -hmm. shit basically yeah um but yeah uh uh I'm, a, I'm, I'm like not uh, don't really play a lot of these, mm-hmm. but I'm curious about uh, Ben. Like how uh, how excited you are for this, and like, hearing what Brad's describing. If you're like into these games, is this what you want to be hearing? I'm so in. I'm 100 percent into this. I wasn't actually. I really wasn't into the idea of Baldur's Gate three until probably about two months ago. Um, oh, okay. Obviously, it's been obviously it's been an early access for a long time. I thought mm-hmm. it looked intriguing. I, I haven't played Baldur's Gate one or two, like, and also I, I haven't played any of the other Larian games. But I just there's just something about this that just really is speaking to me right now. Like, I haven't played a game with incredibly deep systems with um, moments of consequence that it doesn't matter if I fail. That excites mm-hmm. me the most. The idea that I we're going to roll some dice, and if I fail, I'm going to get another adventure that is just as equally as exciting. And yeah. I, I, everything that I keep seeing about this game excites me more and more and more. And what it kind of seems to me to be is, like, it's one of those games that if you're willing to explore, just pull on that tiny thread, you will see that that thread is in fact some massive dragon <laughs> or mm-hmm. something. And it, and, and it, it isn't signposting saying that this is going to be a massive moment it, it's going to reward your curiosity and i think that for the rest of the year maybe you know people who do play this game this this game are going to want to share those stories of going did you see this did you see that and i think that's where the strength of this is it is being released around some absolutely massive video games and i do think this is going to be the sleeper hit of the year i think when we're when we're talking about the great great games of the year i think Baldur's gate 3 is going to be the one that the people who played it are going to do everything they can to convince people to play this game because i think it has the potential to have those greatest video game moments of all time sort of yeah. kind of experiences those surprises that 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 reward you in in ways that you never expected um yeah. and i think right now 2023 if it's missing anything it's missing that type of game um and uh i think it's you know it's only just going to stack up to what is turning out to be one of the greatest video game years of all time so very 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 excited yeah yeah very well put yeah yeah you you brought it up nicely in saying like whatever thing you a mistake could turn into something fun that you did not expect. And I think that's so important to this game is I think the best way to play this game is to not worry about looking stuff up. You know what I mean? Didn't they say, like, please don't, like, yeah, min-max? Yeah, I would say like, and, like just, not yeah. looking at character builds. I think you will be fine with whatever you kind of do, and you just kind of play around that style. Nice. Like, dude, I got a skill really early on because I just wanted it. It is I could talk to animals. Yeah, I did that's cool. I, talked to, I just talked to some, like, bear and you can learn stuff from the you talk to a squirrel or something like that. You can just talk to a cat. You can talk there to them. You, you can learn things about yes. stuff. Like, Domini, I could send out a familiar cat to walk around and just distract people if I want. Like, Sleep. let's say I'm trying to sneak into somewhere. I can just send that cat out. Maybe they'll be, like, charmed by the kitty. Yeah. This is the path I am choosing. Yeah, yes. you can do that kind of stuff. It's just so sick how much you can do. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, uh, Ben's points brought up that it is coming out 
uh, alongside a lot of big mm-hmm. other games, and this game being you know kind of advertised as being like a really massively long RPG. Yeah. Is this something that you feel people can play in chunks and still probably? Yeah, I would like I from mean, your experience with the, from, the previous ones. It's hard to ones. say because it's I think it's usually divided up into acts. Okay. As far as I'm aware, and I'm still in Act One. It's going to depend when I get to Act Two, where I'm like, okay, now nah, I can take a break if I want something like that. I mean, if you're going to play this, then Starfield back to back, maybe it'll feel a little weird. Yeah. Like they're they are different games, no doubt, but they're you know both massive RPGs where you like make choices and stuff like that. But uh, because they're like D and D campaigns, mm-hmm. you know, people get together for like once a week to yeah. do those, and then come back the next week. Oh, and, I mean, yeah, you like, could, do yeah, that. like stuff you like could this, do that, obviously. Just you know, given your experience playing the the past yeah, yeah. layering games, and it's super chills. It's chill is the game you want it to be in the sense of there's like nice. three difficulties you could pick from. Okay, that's nice. Like an easy, normal, hard. I'm playing on normal right now because I'm not like super e- expert with these kind of games. Okay, like I've played a lot of the Divinity Two, but I'm still like learning the ropes in some ways. And you know, you could quick save whenever the hell you want if you want. You can like just have mm-hmm. saves in the back. Like personally, I play with like. When I roll a dice, that's just the way it falls. I don't reload a yeah. save, but plenty of people do, and that's okay. Yeah. You just play how you want to play. Yeah, play how you want to play. I, I want those stakes, baby. I was going to ask about saves coming. Is it? Yeah. Do you think it's something that is a possibility? They've allowed it within the game. They've said you can save at any point and then do the rolls. I mean, that is yeah. not how I'm going to play this game, but you know, that's how some it's, people want it. Yeah, it's definitely how a lot of people want to play the game, which is totally fine. And it's like they know that. Mm. They're just kind of like letting you do it if you want, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. But yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. I yeah, like sure. when they just give you as many different ways to play it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like what you want out of it. I mean, obviously, you can have like forced difficulty um, that you know pushes you. Mm-hmm. Like it, there is a thing with like difficulty. Like I understand the argument where a harder game, mm-hmm. like it, it, either you'll fold and you walk away, but some people like fight through that adversity and overcome it. But there's times where like this is also like a hobby, mm-hmm. and people just want to enjoy it. So yeah, yeah it, it's up to what you're like, how you want to feel personally sure. satisfied. Um, yeah, in playing the game, and yeah. also you can play the game with. Uh, up to three other friends so with four players total where you can just everyone can just kind of do what the hell they want you can have your own D&D campaign inside and, that game and each person like makes their own progress or how, do you uh, know how that works I'm or? not exactly okay. sure how it works I I don't know because I've only done it a little bit okay. in the early access so I'm not exactly sure but I know it's very much the intent of them to allow four players to play together and have a good time yeah. so that's the bit. That's the bit that excites me most. I will be specifically playing as a cleric, just so I'm useful to a party. So I'm just going. <laughs> yeah. I just want. Always I useful. just want to be picked. Yeah. yeah always so, useful. Um, yeah. I, I. I think I'm so excited for this. For this video game, I do have a question. Yes. Do you think, Brad? You. You're in a position. You are a. You are a journalist. How much of this game do you think you're going to play? Honestly, do you think you can see this going for 150 hours or do you think you're going to be forced to drop it? Or, like, how do you um, think the cadence with you playing is going to be? So, for me, it just all depends if I'm really enjoying it. And if I am, I'm going to make time for it. And so far, I am really enjoying it. Where I'm like, I will, I'm willing to put some other stuff aside to play through this game the whole way. Because, like you, Ben, I think this game is super good and I think it's going to be one of the best games of the year, no question. So I feel like it deserves its dues kind of thing. Like, 
Mm. I'm going to play Armored Core, no doubt, when that's coming out the end of this month. I'm going to play Sea of Stars, of course, I'm going to play all that stuff. But if I have to beat this game over months just chipping away at it, I'm fine with that. It's totally okay with me. Yeah. I think, yeah, when it comes to length, you mm-hmm. know, when they're tossing around anything that's anywhere remotely near 100 or more hours, it starts, and it's like a more of like a, a standalone story yeah. experience. It gets a little daunting. Yeah. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And as you said, there's so many other games coming out. Yeah. But I, I think that's it. Like, uh, you get so fixated because it's so enjoyable and it, it, it captures you. You don't want to, like, lose that feeling and that like kind of like momentum because I think like if, if you're feeling that way and then you jump to something else and you jump back some of that magic could potentially be lost or sure. it takes a little bit for it to get going again so yeah it's just yeah. you know kind of figuring out how you mm-hmm. want to like play yeah. through that yeah this is a game I'm just totally cool with just being a slow burn of me playing two hours here and there every now and then just slowly making my way through it mm-hmm. and that works totally you know, I- fine for me I was going to say, like, you know, obviously this is going to be hundreds of hours of a video game. And I, I, I think about this a lot, really, is hours in video games. And I played lots of excessively long video games. All hours are not equal. Correct. In the sense that, like, when you're playing, when you are playing an RPG, I'd say, like, the first 20 hours are often quite slow. They seem to take a lot longer. And then you get into kind of the meat of something around kind of like the 40-hour mark. And I swear from, like hour 40 to about hour 80 i'm going i just don't know where that went because mm. you're just so deep in the systems everything about that game from about four hour 40 to hour 80 you are absolutely in the prime of that game where you're probably at the appropriate level to be playing the ch- the challenges seem fun and you are right in the that space of being like i'm going to accept one more quest and I mean, that's where the sneaky hours go when you're at like 2 a.m. and thinking, I'll just do this one quest and then it's 5 a.m. and you're listening to the birds singing in the morning. And I've always <laughs> found that. And I feel that Baldur's Gate is going to be that for me, where mm-hmm. I'm I'm in it and I'm, I'm taking a while to get into it. I'm learning the systems. And then before you know it, it's, it's 150 hours in and I'm massively over-leveled and I, you know, I've, I've, yeah. I've mastered 35,000 different, different classes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think this is a very, very exciting prospect and I'm not actually that daunted about the hours. I think with a bit like Elden Ring, I don't know where those hours went. I just, I just done, I just put a hundred hours into it and I'm going, oh, that went really quickly. Um, and I think this could be the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Same kind of thing. I was playing and I like look at my clock. I was like, oh, the time has flown by and that's the best kind of feeling. That's what you want. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Highly recommend this game. Check it nice. out. Nice. Yeah. Uh, PC first. Uh, it comes out the third. So when you guys are hearing this, it's out on PC. Then it'll be on PS5 the next month, I believe. All right. And Xbox sometime down the line. But yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend this game. It's sick. Get a look. Nice. All right, Ben. Yeah. Sea of Stars. You played the demo. This game is coming out did, yeah. soon. Uh, tell yeah. us about this. Um, Sabotage Studios, who made The Messenger, they've um, they kickstarted this game. Um, it is uh, it's a very unique game because it's I believe it is going to be the first game that is released both on Game Pass and PlayStation Plus at mm. the same time. I think that and is true. I think yeah. It places itself in a very privileged position, which is at no extra cost you can play 
what's probably one of the most exciting, what I'm kind of calling like neo-retro RPGs. Mm -hmm. It's, um, I think a lot of people are going to play this. And I think it's the smartest move they made of releasing on PlayStation Plus as well as Game Pass. I was going to pick this up anyway, but for people who are maybe on the fence, it's at no extra cost on the PlayStation Plus Extra, you can pick this up. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been around a while. People played the demo when it was first available, on, announced on Switch. And now recently they went, download the demo, play it now. And I went, in anticipation of Frame Trap, I will play this demo. I originally wanted to go in completely blind, um, but I just thought, oh no, I'm gonna try this out. And it was a really unique experience because it was like playing kind of a meta demo because they kept referencing the fact that it was a demo. Oh. And I just thought, oh, this is funny. So they would, they would throw, they threw you quite, they threw you into the action. You know, I would imagine what would have been about two or three hours into the game. And then just to show off some of the systems. And there was a moment in the dialogue where one of the characters said, we need to go to, and then it just had redacted for the purposes of the demo in a <laughs> comedic way. And I thought, that's funny. Um, and they purposefully kind of obscure, obscured stuff. So you'd go up to a door in one of the towns that you, the town that you would explore. And they would say, you're not allowed to get past here in this demo. And I just thought, well done. Well done. I, I know I've, I've, I've read some reviews that people that didn't like it and thought, why would you release an incomplete game? I loved the tongue in cheek aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think the purposes of this, what 40 to what 40 minute to one hour demo is to give you a flavor of maybe the tone of what the game is, the visuals, and most importantly, what the battle system is. Um, and um, I think the battle system is, it was bold what they did because they threw you in with already three party members. At the beginning, you can actually pick which party member you want to be your lead. Um, uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Va Valer or Valerie. I don't know how you say it, how you say her name, or it was Zale. And you had someone called Gal in there who was kind of this big, brutish party member. They say there's gonna be six party members, um, but they threw you in with three. And I thought it was pretty bold because mostly in RPGs like this, they will um, allow you to get to grips with the system. You know, you'll you'll learn one or two attacks and then they'll give you another special or they'll give you a tech attack and then you'll just figure out how to do it as you go. But this, they went, here's a lot of stuff. So at first, it was a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this? But the one aspect of the fighting that I really liked was that when you would get in, they would have a counter over the top of the enemies and they would tell you when, how many turns it was until they were going to attack. And then when they were charging up a big attack, so like their big area effect attack or you know, whatever it was going to you know, attack the party with, they would have what was called, I think they're calling the lock system, where you would have three to five different symbols of types of attacks that you, you would have to do in order to either reduce that attack or eliminate that attack completely and Ooh. make them vulnerable. And I thought that's really interesting. Even at this early stage, it, it changes the dynamic and it doesn't mean that you're just going to be spamming the same types of attacks. It means that the game is going to throw stuff at you. And I'm thinking later on in this game, am I going to be thrown that kind of puzzle halfway through a fight? It's not just attack, 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 spam. You're going, oh, okay. I see how, you know, when I'm getting to harder bosses that they're gonna throw some difficult stuff in. I'm probably gonna have to move party members that I don't usually use in and out in order to benefit from those types of attacks. Um, 
and it just seemed really really interesting obviously the visual style is stunning yeah um it is a sorry if i'm going on about this and I'm, uh, no that's the point is, that's the point it is a um it's uh 2d kind of pixel art but it has this painterly feel i recently played chained echoes um which is another stunning <laughs> stunning <laughs> one of my games of the year last there year was. agreed agreed and um this is a bit like that but it feels a bit like they've crossed the art style with that with kind of like a saturday morning cartoon feel it's mm. got a real kind of like a flow and a movement to it um that is quite exciting so it's kind of like half pixely thing very kind of animated in the, in their movements um and i think what the developers have really emphasized is that there's this um there's going to be exciting forms of traversal now i didn't see that in the demo but there's going to be different types of traversal around this. And hmm. as with all, the fun thing about kind of 2D pixel art is how they play with perspective. So it's like, if you go back here, you can tuck behind this rock that you can't see and slide behind. And already in the demo, they were showing those bits off and I'm excited to see how they play around with it. Um, when it came to um, dungeons, they gave us one dungeon. Um, and uh, it was, it was it was fun for what it was, you know, mm -hmm. it required you using your wind power to push blocks around to climb up. Um, and it was a lot of kind of changing the environment, putting different crystals in to um, move things around and traverse it. I thought the level design actually was very clever. Um, and uh, this was again, 40 minutes. I don't know how long this, is ga this game is gonna be, but they did a very clever thing of saying, we're gonna bring you to the world map, which was very zoomed out yeah um and it showed you places that you will be able to go but you can't go yet in the demo yeah um and i yeah i really 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 enjoyed it um i will say i don't think it is going to be for everyone sure. um i would love it to be for everyone and i would say by it being on playstation plus and game pass it's stopped that's one barrier to barrier to entry that has been eliminated yeah um and i think it, that's the great thing is if you are on the fence about it maybe paying however much you might have paid for it twenty dollars thirty dollars now it's let's just try it out and i and i have a feeling that its charm its music is going to is going to draw you mm -hmm. in uh what about it do you think makes you think it won't be for everyone maybe a little too complex in some ways yeah i think that um people's prejudices are always going to get in the way mm. um I think uh, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult sell a kind of like a, a retro style RPG sure, for, yeah. for kind of mains. I really want to shout from the rooftops that it should be. Um, yeah. and I think that from the demo, it was a really good step forward. Um, but I would almost encourage people to not play the demo because I think for people who aren't into it, the combat system might be a little bit tricky because it I does see. throw a lot of stuff at you, you know? Um, I think it was fun, but I would say go into this game without playing the demo and just enjoy it. Because um, I think what it was pandering, what the, what the demo was doing was kind of maybe pandering to um, hardcore fans who were already gonna play it to yeah. kind of show off some of those systems, a bit of a tease. It felt maybe more like a press preview, you know, places you can go to. It didn't feel like a, like a demo in that way it felt like here's here's one section here's another section you know and i think you've obviously you've been to loads of those you know what those entail as mm -hmm. opposed to a specific 
um, vertical slice. It felt like a couple of moments. Um, and uh, I think the music is stunning. I think it looks great, but you know, people, I, I, don't, I can't necessarily see the demographic of people who both play Fortnite and this necessarily being <laughs> attracted in that way, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah it kind of reminds me of Chain Echoes, I guess, where it got some praise, you know, but uh, I wish it got more praise. And I think a lot of it is just because people didn't know the game existed for a long time. Like, yeah. I didn't know that game even existed until it was close to being out or something like that. But mm. it seems like this game has gotten more attention, though. At yeah. Least. I, uh, first, I'm going to say very, very proud of you, Ben, for not dropping the chrono trigger at any point oh, during your, uh, your, your remarks you there. Yeah, I, I did, but I feel like everyone ever discusses this game always brings that up. Um, but you made a very interesting point, Ben, about the, the nature of this demo, because uh, while I didn't play through it, I got the pleasure of watching Bloodworth play through it on mm. stream a while ago. Um, so I got to see everything that you described happen. Um, but saying that like it was maybe trying to prove itself to veterans that this is like an authentic experience, like this is what you're gonna get, um, versus being a little bit more approachable to a broader audience. Um, and as Brad said, uh, this game has a lot more exposure than something like Chained Echoes. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're, they're, they're hoping on that, but like that's, that's an interesting thing that I don't, I really never, like, I mean, I, I would think about it eventually, but didn't think about initially that you know who's a demo really for and like with this demo and like who is it trying to win over and i think you have a good point there because i think a lot of people who already just by exposure were just sold on this as you said like the beautiful pixel art um the the, the music having uh yasunori mitsuda's uh, compositions being featured in there um that was like a big enough a selling point but when you want a game to go beyond that you do need to bring in new players so the the removing that barrier for, in terms of price, if you're already a subscription member uh, to PlayStation Plus or Game Pass, you will be able to just jump in and do that. Mm -hmm. I, I think bringing up Chrono Trigger, obviously, it's it's it, it was going to happen, right? Um, yeah. But I think because of because of I maybe they couldn't have predicted maybe how popular this was going to become. I feel like there's been a real surge in interest in this video game. Um, and certainly, I think when you get the um, marketing power of both Xbox and PlayStation behind you, promoting you on their platforms as, you know, the, the game to get this month, that's going to get a lot more eyes on. And it's going to be interesting to see the pivot of how they sell this game. I'm already sold on it. You guys are already sold on mm -hmm. this game. But it's going to be, how do we convince other people who might not normally haven't played Chrono Trigger, who don't understand the legacy of what this game is and, and, and um, the, what, it's, what it's pulling from and how they're going to be presented literally with these systems for the first time and how that becomes accessible. And I think with a lot of RPGs, you, you have that push and pull. But one thing I did like, which I haven't mentioned, is the accessories which you have. Um, and there are accessories that is essentially kind of an easier mode where it gives you um, a hundred extra HP, and also it, it restores all of your health at the end of battle. So they are doing everything in their power, I think, to enable first timers to come in and enjoy this at a more leisurely pace. Mm -hmm. And I think um, if, let's say, Final Fantasy 16 has taught people that I think there are people out there who are who do find these games a little bit more um, 
unapproachable and it's about how do we bring people in and you know the what the 16 team decided was the timely accessories and i think here they're they're kind of following that i imagine it's their own idea as well but um i really like to see that um and i and i you know people who are listening to this podcast are probably already in you know they they, they and I, i'm interested to see how well it does um when it comes out but i'm really 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 glad that you are just reducing that extra click. You are reducing, do you want to pay for this? It's like, no, I've already paid for it with my subscription. And I think the power of that is so important. Um, I think that has always been the power of Game Pass, is not, not getting Gears of War on day one. It's the fact that you get to pick up games that you haven't played before mm. um, and, or wouldn't choose to. Pentiment. And people would not have been talking about that game because they wouldn't have had access to it because they wouldn't have bought it. And so it wouldn't have had that kind of great widespread celebration of its work that it deserves. And I th hopefully the Sea of Stars is that. And it's, it's on all platforms. You know, you can play it on Switch, you can play it on Game Pass, you can play it on PlayStation Plus Extra. I think it's, it's, it's exciting to see. Um, but in an incredibly crowded month, you know, it's... it's I, I, to be honest, I think August is August is the new June. Everyone, it really is. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's catering to a lot of people, but I really yeah. hope people pick it up. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Holfish wrote in for a question about this game. Uh, if you want to send in a question for us, also for any of these shows, head on over to Patreon.com/EasyAllies. It's five dollars and up. You can submit questions to this and Easy Allies podcast, other stuff. Uh, but yes, Garrett Holfish asked. Or said, when I played Sea of Stars demo, I had a hard time with timing my button presses to attacks. It definitely wasn't as easy as any of the Mario RPG games. Is this something you noticed too? I'm hoping it just takes a little bit more time to adjust. Yes, um, I agree with you. Um, some of them were quite fun. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm calling her Valère but I imagine it, it'll probably be Valerie, but you never say her name out loud. Um, she has this really intriguing attack where she basically throws what I'm calling her moonerang, mm -hmm. um, yep. which is, uh, and, and it's really fun to do. She throws it and then you have, basically you end up playing Pong. Um, you're just hitting it backwards and forwards between enemies and it gets faster and faster and faster. I found that once I got the timing to be incredibly satisfying. However, it, was, it wasn't just the attacks, it was the, um, the defense that I think is probably more important in this game. And I think as the game gets later on, that's going to be key. I imagine that there are going to be ultimate attacks that if you don't time it correctly, your entire party is going to be wiped out. I, I That could be a problem mm -hmm. um, because obviously you don't know what the windup is going to be. You don't know when actually the hit's going to hit you and you press X. Um, I do really like the mechanic. I think it makes um, turn-based action just a lot more active. And you, you're you're there thinking you, you need to, you need to save that. And there is, you know, at this the point that I played, there is a limited amount of health that you have. And I did nearly die on two occasions, um, but I had exactly that same thing. I hope when the game releases, um, it's something that as we play the game, we will get used to. That the game will slowly introduce us to it. So by the time we get to where we are in the demo, it's a lot easier to do. Yeah, that's what I think. Probably is going to happen. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do, like, yeah. one-shot things to you 
early in the game. That seems like the end game no. kind of stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't even know this game had yeah. button presses. That's cool. Yeah, it's uh, got those timed inputs. Yeah, I, I love stuff like that. I got to watch uh, Bloodworth do it. Um, he had the the moon ring. He was having a good time with that, and he kept Sick. he kept he kept yeah he kept trying it to get the timing down. It seemed to be like the I think it was the one in the demo they wanted people probably to try out the most mm-hmm. and like see how fun it could be. But yeah, there were definitely other things where uh, especially on the defensive end when he'd miss it, you get kind of a little bit punished by it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it and Bloodworth is you know a little bit of a veteran too. You know, very familiar with Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, but I think by the end he had a pretty good hand hand on it a handle on it. Sorry, but. Uh, yeah, that's someone who's more experienced. So I could see how newer peoples might find sorry, newer people might find it a little bit, sure. you know, tricky. Tricky. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. But, but also, I think it could be tricky. It could be, uh, you know, something that is a negative. But I personally hope that it's a positive. That people go into it thinking, okay, so this isn't just passive. It is quite active. It feels like I'm actually having a say in battle. It's just something a lot more immediate about it. So I hope that what players do take away from it is that there is an opportunity here to really engage in every battle and every battle. You can't, you're not just there on your phone clicking X, doing stuff. It really matters (laughs) when you're timing your attacks. And I think that's really exciting. And it also, it didn't seem that, it seemed that every mob that you were fighting was there purposefully. It Mm -hmm. didn't just feel, you know, it is, it's it's like Chrono Trigger. It's there, the mobs are there and, um, every fight had a consequence to it. Um, And so it felt like, certainly in the dungeon that I played, that it was a finely crafted dungeon, test you in the right ways. We are throwing these very particular enemies at you to test you. So each one felt like a puzzle. It didn't feel random or unfair. Um, And there was a particular moment at the end of the dungeon where you have to basically get, it was a classic case of, you know you're gonna fight three sets of enemies because you had to move some blocks somewhere and then each time you did, a new set of enemies appeared. But it didn't feel repetitive. It felt like, okay, so I've had a larger mob and I've had a the similar size mob, but with different different types of enemies in it. And then you get a smaller one because they're giving you a little bit of mercy. And it felt like they understood or they'd at least calibrated the system to, to, to reward you for your hard work. Um, there was also a great system that I liked, which was um, Gaal, who is the big brutish guy, had this attack. I think it was called a Hurl, where it doesn't do any damage, but it just picks them up and it throws them into a specific area. So then when you do an area effect damage, it, it clumps all the enemies up. And I thought that was really, That's really, really cool. Neat. Again, it's, yeah, it's really cool. And, and I, I, I'm really excited to kind of see where you can take that. And I imagine with the three other characters, they're also going to have their own specific technical abilities. Um, one thing they didn't show in the demo that I'm really excited to see is the day-night cycle. Um, oh. And I don't know I don't know if it plays into it, but the two leads that you play, one is um, represented by the sun and one is represented by the moon. And I'm interested to see if that has any uh. say in it, whether like, and it maybe, maybe it isn't, maybe it's, this is a red herring, but I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, someone's attacks are stronger at night and some attacks are stronger in the day. So you're going to have to calibrate how you play and when you would do certain things, that would be really cool. Um, I think it's, I think it's really, really exciting. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to kind of, to see where it goes, but I understand how, uh, my advice would be don't play the demo. Don't play the demo. Just play the game. And fortunately, people can now. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play in this immediately 
Demanding oh, I know you are. I assume too. Yeah, I have to grab it. I have to find some time for it. Yeah, but, we'll uh, find time. Yeah, must find time. Hopefully, the, the like end of the year December is kind of like merciful to us, <laughs> so uh, it makes hopefully. it easier to catch up on everything yeah, that we couldn't finish. <laughs> hopefully, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's looking good. All right, Damiani. Let's talk about Pikmin 4. You've yes. been playing this. It came out last Friday or yeah, Friday? it's been a little over a week. Maybe it's around two weeks. Uh, yeah, they come out on Fridays, so it's been a little over a week and a half now. Um, it is the latest installment in the Pikmin franchise. Um, it is, uh, they did release a demo. Uh, it did, The main game does pick up uh, your save progress. So if you put time into the demo, you could just jump right back in and not have to go through kind of the, like that tutorial area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is uh, a lot more Pikmin goodness. Um, I started with Pikmin three. I have never played Pikmin one or two or any of the other spinoffs. Um, but when Pikmin three came to switch, so deluxe edition, not the, the Wii U version, the right. deluxe edition, I decided to jump in and I was like sorry that I'd been missing out on these. Although I've been sorry. told, although I've been told that like one and two are a little bit different. Um, that three was definitely made to be a little bit more um, approachable for newcomers, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Whereas three was about um, there, there. Obviously, the the nature of this game, it's 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 a, it's a real time kind of like strategy like game where you are on a planet full of these wonderful uh, creatures called Pikmin that you kind of collect and they help you accomplish various goals. You explore these environments, use them to move objects, uh, bring them back to your base to, you know, for resources and also in combat. There are a lot of like hostile creatures uh, that want to hurt you and hurt your Pikmin. So while it looks like a very cute uh, and delightful game, um, it can be very cruel and evil at times. Uh, yes, the Pikmin can die. They have horrifying little death sounds, <laughs> and then a little Pikmin ghost flies <laughs> off. Um, I they I don't remember if they did this in the other ones, but in this one, when you reach the end of the day, um, they will play a cutscene that shows if you left any Pikmin stranded anywhere, it will show them frantically running for them for their lives from monsters. Dude. And it's like, would you like to go back and try and save them? Because one of the new features of four to kind of, uh, relieve the stress and the anxiety some people might have of dealing with a time limit there is a rewind feature now um, I think it's anytime you get like a, a checkpoint or an auto save happens you can go back to that last point okay. so it's anywhere from like a minute to two minutes roughly is the amount of time you can go back um, so if you want to undo something it's like oh I fought a battle I lost I messed up I lost way too many Pikmin there uh, I can't deal with that it's like well maybe go back in time or you're at the end of the day you just couldn't find that one Pikmin now you know where they are I just need two more minutes I could go get them so it's one of the, the many features they've like added to just you know help newcomers get better acclimated to the game um, so while the the feel is still the same it definitely builds upon what Pikmin 3 introduced um, you're not really r- struggling for resources in 3 uh, you had to harvest fruit use the Pikmin to bring these large pieces of because you're mini think of like honey I shrunk the kids all these environments they look like they're on like look look like it could take place on earth you're in like a backyard uh, you're in a house at one point it's all human objects you're like wait what's going on um, so fruit are larger than life so you need all these Pikmin to like kind of like carry it into your base three you had to make enough food 
to survive so you could keep exploring and accomplish your objective. This time, that's not the concern. What you're trying to do is repower your ship so the more power it gets, the further it can scan because you're trying to rescue a bunch of uh, outcasts who have been stranded on this planet. And the further you scan, the new that unlocks new regions you can go. And as you recover your shipmates, so the funny thing is Captain Olimar is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to this planet. Uh, he got shipwrecked there. So they sent the rescue team to go get him. The rescue team had trouble on entry, and they get shipwrecked there. So what do they do? You are the last line of defense. You are the new recruit. You are the rookie. They are sending you in <laughs> to save the rescue team and Captain Olimar. Olimar. So that is your duty. Is and, the rescue team the guys from three? Um, I don't think I rec- I, I'm not. I don't terribly pay attention to that but okay. you have a you have a crew and they yeah. each have a designated role and as you rescue them you unlock new things so one of them uh is the trainer so you have a new companion called ochi he's Love like ochi. he's like your little space dog uh and he's wonderful adds a whole new layer to the game i think he is primarily there to help players uh feel uh Safe? Safe and more easily accomplish their objectives. Oh. I've definitely seen, uh, when I was streaming the game yesterday, chat was telling me that a lot of people found Ochi was a little bit of a crutch, mm. um, but I thoroughly enjoy having Ochi around. You ride on him, all the Pikmin just hop on. Uh, they sing. If you just ride around for long enough and do nothing, they just start singing to like wow. bring you know that some joy awesome. to your day. Um, he can also like wa- swim through water, so he can carry Pikmin across water now. And very useful in combat. Has a charge attack that can like knock over enemies or even stun them. Eventually, you can uh, separate from him and have him kind of be like a guard dog and guard a spot as well. <laughs> so he's a really good boy, and they they call him a good boy in the game. So very useful That's to sick. have that. Yeah. Can he die? Um, they he has so the, he does doesn't die. Can't he has a live. health meter, and when it depletes, uh, he just needs to rest for a little bit to recover. Great. Um, you can feed their items, so you can give him a bone to help replenish his HP. Um, there's these juices from plants that you can get that will that you can slurp up to also heal him. Some of them give him like a overdrive mode, like his his limit break, so to speak, where he's just like glowing, like he went like Super Whoa, Saiyan, cool. and he's just faster, stronger, and it lasts for a little while. So a little bit of a power up there. He can dig really fast. There's a lot of hidden treasures on a they get to dig through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's very enjoyable to have as a companion, um, and it, it, you just keep upgrading his abilities over the course of the game. You get gear for yourself and Ochi. Like simple like HP increase, defense increase, like resistance to certain like environmental hazards, uh, go faster. And as you unlock these new crews, eventually get access to not just new uh, like upgrades and, and, and systems, but new modes in the game. So one of them is the ability to go out at night. This is a first for Pikmin because night was the no-no. Night was the deadline where we got to get back to safety. So when you go out on a night mission, you have these new glow Pikmin who who join you. It's the only type of Pikmin you can have. It's basically uh, a horde mode. Oh, where okay. you got to defend the base, the 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 you have to last through the night, and and it's in the existing environments. It just becomes darker, and you have like a little bit of time to set up 
to like you know gather more Pikmin. Uh, you can activate other like de- decoy bases that the horde monsters will go attack first. But ultimately, it just comes down to you having to like deal with those and survive the night. And as long as your home base has like even a slither of HP left, you make it through. You win. You harvest this medicine, which is needed to cure some of the uh, survivors. Um, who have been marooned on this planet, they are afflicted with a new condition. They're called leaflings. They look like uh, Muppet babies, basically. Oh. <laughs> like a, like a right. was it, uh, what's the word with all the, no, the old, was it? Animal? Animal. They look like animal. Yeah. And they just got all this fur coming out of their face and you can't recognize them. You, you try scanning them. It says it's an error and you need this medicine to return them back to normal. And some of them are your crewmates. Um, some of them are just like, one's a treasure seeker. Uh, one was a florist, uh, a botanist florist. Um, another one was just like a, a person who loves animals who just wanted to be there. But as you rescue them, you get these side quest objectives that are just like checkmark stuff that you do, that you work towards. And as you complete them, you get these this new natural resource that's used to upgrade your gear, but also in each environment, there are like bridges that aren't complete, like aren't completed yet. You, when you send your Pikmin to build it, it draws upon that resource, so you can get it, earn it through the game by doing side quests, uh, finding some in just the environment itself. But it's used for more than just one purpose, so it's something you got like currency. You kind of get to juggle, which okay. is kind of nice. Um, let's talk about new Pikmin. Oh so, yes, I didn't play three. I've only played the first one, but they eventually added like rock Pikmin, right? Yeah, rock Pikmin, which were adorable. I love those guys. Now yeah. they added ice Pikmin, ice Pikmin, which are also adorable. another great addition. Um, another thing that I think makes this game a little bit more approachable because when uh, Pikmin attack an enemy, you'll see a, 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 a like a pie chart looking like a mm-hmm. uh, health bar and it'll start depleting. Um, but there's a now when you throw ice Pikmin, you'll see a little ring around it build up like an ice ring. And once it completes, the enemy will become frozen oh, Okay. so that you can just like wail, wail on more. them yeah. and, and kind of combo into that. And it's very nice because you can even do it on bosses. Any enemy that has almost any enemy, some are resistant to it, but most aren't. Okay. Um, and they can also freeze water. This is really cool. So in the environment, there's a lot of water, and previously, only blue Pikmin could go through water. Um, so it was a bit of a challenge. Now, you can fr- with, if you have enough ice Pikmin, you can freeze water and walk on its surface, which allows all of your Pikmin to journey across now. Um, and when you need to call them away, you have like a little bit of a t- warning before the ice will melt. Um, yeah, it's just one of the cool things they add, a new layer that they throw on there. I mean, there's like... Uh, one environment that looks like it's like a beach slash like a sandbox, like a literal sandbox environment with like sandcastles. And halfway through the day, the water levels will recede, opening up new paths. So they have a lot of dynamic things going on as well. And it's a game where there's just not enough time to do everything in one day. You're going to be there for multiple days. You're going to be going back. You're going to be making slow progress. And it's just like, it's you know, like Tears of the Kingdom, everyone was saying, man, I got distracted by this. I got distracted by this. I was supposed to be doing this, but I just saw this and did this. That's that's Pikmin 4 and oh, to me. It's just, but on a smaller scale. Yeah. It's not open world, obviously. And it's a little bit more easy to digest, I think. And it's just very satisfying for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one other, real quick, one other addition. The 
from Pikmin 2, if I remember correctly, uh, what I've been told since I've been Pikmin 2, they brought back like subterranean environments, like caves. Uh, these have some interesting gimmicks to them. Like one of them was like an ice cavern where uh, everyone but the ice Pikmin would start like freezing and get cold and wouldn't like be able to attack. So you'd have to like find the source of that and disable it so it'd become a little bit warmer and stuff and the more of those types of environmental hazards mm-hmm. were presented down there uh, also time moves slower down there so you like have all the time in the world okay. they're a little bit more puzzle challenge oriented oh. um but you know th- it's a new layer like you find these literal like pipes that like i mean the this depths? game it's the depths not only that Brad they have a thing later on where you get these light glow the glow Pikmin can illuminate they literally have lights light like roots, the light roots. Roots. seeds that's yeah funny. the bright seeds are in there yeah that's funny <laughs> okay 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 sure ideas yeah sounds awesome dude I wanna play yeah uh, Ben do you I, have any I have, I have, curious I do have a question yeah oh yeah do you feel do you, do you feel that like do you feel it's iterative, or do you do you feel like it reinvents Pikmin? Do you, how, like what do you think that the since three? How much is this a different Pikmin game, or is it very much more of the same? Except this time you have Ice Pikmin. I would say from my experience, since I only played three, it does feel a little bit more iterative. Um, like the the controls and everything feel very similar, um, especially from the Pikmin Three Deluxe version where they kind of refined some of the, the the control interfaces. It's definitely borrowing from that. A lot of the familiar Pikmin are back. I think it just does enough new, like Ochi, the Ice Pikmin, um, a little bit more like dynamic uh, environments to, to to deal with the night excursions, um, the introduction of the like cave levels. Um, so it, it, it like it does a lot new, but like it's not reinventing Pikmin. I think it's just taking it further in the direction it was already, that trajectory was already on and improving upon it. That being said, uh, there was there's one part where I'm mixed about so far, oh. and it's the Dandori content. Now Dandori, as defined by Pikmin, is the uh, the like the practice of being efficient. Um, doing things as efficiently as possible. To which, so it's Dandori and Chat. Uh, I asked Chat, "What's the opposite of that?" They said Don Dory. Don Dory like Don. makes sense for our Don. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, now there are times when you come across those leaflings and they challenge you um, to a Dandori contest. Some are battles, some are like challenges. The challenges are usually like you have a time limit and you need to either collect everything or reach a certain score. Um, I, 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 those, I felt the tension there. Those felt enjoyable for the most part. The Dan Dory battles are where I have a little bit of a, a bone to pick. It is four split screen against a computer opponent. So you, it, it, it's the it's replicating the multiplayer mode, which is included in the game. So you could go do this in an actual player versus player multiplayer. So I don't like having to have a split screen, but I get why, because there is a, you know, like Tetris 99, how you can like send negative things over to your opponent. So you, I guess you need to see your opponent's screen to know the opportune time where you pick up like these Mario Kart like items. They look like gotcha spheres, you, you, or you, you pick them up, you get a random weapon and he could deploy it at your opponent mm. okay um but th- they're ranked in difficulty from like w- i'll just call them stars or like flames of one to five all i did the one star ones and the second one i did i was getting like annihilated damn and i wasn't having like i was like this feels a little am i just missing something mm. um and it felt a little overwhelming and 
it was a lot of it was struggling to like I need to see more of the environment. I need to know where I need to go. And having that split screen really limited. I just wish there was an option to say, hey, I understand I'm giving up that advantage, but to me, I personally feel how I handle strategy games, I need to see the full scope of my environment so I can plan out where I need to send my Pikmin mm, okay. to be as efficient as possible. And thankfully, if you do fail just even once, there is an option just to call in your crew member to do it for you and mm. lets you advance at least so yeah. you're not held back by it. Yeah. So uh, some people in chat did say that the Dandori battles were probably like got the difficulties got very inconsistent. So it was something that had been pointed out, I guess, but I concede maybe it's just like that type of style of Pikmin that, that like more competitive battle, like frantic mode isn't for me because for me, Pikmin, there is definitely uh, like a level of tension to it, but it's like, what can I do within this time limit? It's more of a sense of wonder and what can I get away with? Um, and then also protecting the precious Pikmin. <laughs> but like to me, it's a very soothing game overall. Yeah, It's not meant to be like super stressful. It's actually a stress reliever. This mode was literally the antithesis of that to me. Mm. So I'm thankful it's it is technically optional since you could just lose and skip them. But everything else I was having a really good time on. I struggled with one of the night things, but thankfully someone in chat pointed out a mechanic I wasn't aware of once I was aware of it. It was basically you could do a spirit bomb with the glow Pikmin. Whoa. It's pretty sick. Cool. Um, so once I learned about that, I was like, oh, that makes that way more manageable since I could do that. So yeah, great new additions. Um, you know, love the music, love the vibes. Like, dude, the, the inside the house thing is like, felt like a toy story um okay but also like uh that uh, tiny kin that game that oh, came out like yeah. uh, recently yeah or sorry last year or two years ago yeah. i can't remember but i was definitely getting those vibes like that like miniaturized in that type of environment it's just like a wonder to see everything mm-hmm. and they they just do increasingly unique and uh, involving things for you to to keep you on your toes so mm-hmm. it doesn't always feel too familiar I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I'm a huge Tinykin fan. Oh Tiny yeah, one of one of the great games of last year that lots of people didn't talk about. Um, <sighs> and I have never played a Pikmin game, but I absolutely adored Tinykin. Um, I just think it had this kind of incredible charm to it, and I loved the art style and everything. But um, yeah, it did. It had that very kind of like toy-like thing where everything was massive, and you were just going around the house and just helping ants do things. And I'm like, that's my kind of game. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely got those yeah, so vibes. Just, just a shout out to Tinykin as well. Shout just out to Tinykin. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed playing it last year too. It was really good. Uh, Reptile Scorpio wrote in, said, "Howdy, allies! It's awesome that Pikmin Four is finally here." But I'm a little disappointed it's a direct sequel. Taking into account the original concept of the first game, I'd love to see them use the Pikmin concept in other Nintendo worlds, like having 100 Goombas running behind a Rescue Corps member dressed in a Bowser costume. In what universe could you see the Pikmin concept being a lot of fun? Uh, Dami, I'm just going to think of Zelda immediately with the little Koroks being my little Pikmin oh, no. running around. Okay, as long as they're all with me already, I don't have to like unlock all like no, no, no. You don't find them. them. Okay, thank goodness, because I don't want them to be that hidden. No, 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 like, no. I don't not, want, that, not, yeah. that hidden. <laughs> not that hidden. 
Um, yeah, I see the appeal of like trying to have like more leveraging the Nintendo IPs and doing more with it. But I mean, there are definitely other Pikmin like games. Like we did talk about Tinykin, and ended up not being very much like Pikmin. They do follow you, the Tinykin, but um, you don't really have to like manually aim or anything like that. And it's more of a platforming, like a like a Banjo Kazooie yeah. type game. I felt like, uh, but uh, what was it Little King's Story? Yeah, was a little bit like Pikmin. Um, that type of like real time strategy where you're you're managing yeah. smaller groups of people. And you need them to accomplish tasks and then fight, you know, your battles for you. Sad we never got that on yeah. anything new. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. Like, I think, like, yeah, Mario is probably, like, an easy one. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm, like, I haven't played the first two. So I, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear that people feel it's, like, they're, they're disappointed that's, like, just a direct sequel, something like that. I'm not too caught up on, like, the lore. Right. But, like, it's just enough. Like, there's the banter between the, the crewmates adds a lot of flavor. Um, it's very good, like, Nintendo style, like, especially the localization of it. it, it you know, it, it definitely adds personality. Um, but in terms of, like, any continuity or anything, I'm not really paying attention to anything like that, honestly. I'm not really there for that. Um, I'm more for the atmosphere and the gameplay. I'm going to pitch something. Oh, um, please. It's not, it's not a Nintendo game, but I would, you know, Capcom, they're trying, they're trying to rinse Resident Evil. I'm saying if you really want to rinse Resident Evil, let's play as Wesker, and you are commanding <laughs> hordes of zombies. <laughs> All right, Huber's in. Huber's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'd in. I'd play that. But I'm thinking. I'd just, absolutely just, play I think that. would be so silly, and just like go from being a survivor to being a hunter. It would just be really, really cool to do. <laughs> that puzzles. would be um, sick. So yeah, Capcom, if you're listening, let's do that. Please do um, it. And it's, it is just... It's just a reskin of Pikmin, but they're just bloodthirsty zombies that are following you around. Um, it would be, yeah, and you can get different different types of, you know, enemies with various T viruses inside. It'd be, it'd be really mm-hmm. fun. Just imagine them, like, after you defeat, like, a Stars member, they, like, pick it up. You have to carry it back to, like, someplace. Yeah, yeah like, to experiment yeah. on it. Yeah, like, Wesker's just, like, gives you yeah, a yeah. please Make dialogue, like. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. It would be so cool. It would be really, really cool. Yeah, i just love to kill some Stars members. It would be really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So good. All right. It's time for Sign Up! Uh, ben, just in case you don't know, on this segment, we just kind of... It's about if there's anything in the game industry, game company, game itself, anything like that that just kind of you think needs a little sorting out, needs a little something. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Damiani, do you have one? Uh, I'll admit I was did not come prepared this time. No problem. But, it's uh, okay if no one has it. It's totally fine because the mm-hmm. viewers or the listeners got us. Covered. I do feel like in the course of like on Sunday when I was just like decompressing from FanFest, mm-hmm. being back, I was reading about something. And now I just like forget because basically Sunday was just like rest day and then came back Monday and like didn't really remember much about Sunday, which is unfortunate because, um, you know, I did send a gift in time um, and my mom reminded me uh, Sunday was my dad's birthday. Oh, I forgot to call Sunday. So first thing Monday morning when I woke up, I was like, I did not call my dad for for his birthday, did I? I was like right on the phone. I was like, "I'm so sorry, Dad." He's like, "You know, I got I got your golf balls. He loves golf, yeah. so I got him some nice golf balls, and uh, he was very appreciative." But uh, yeah, um, we were like, yeah, like sort of feels like a, like a little bit like um, harsh uh, sometimes 
So like maybe this is like a light sorted sure, out. It could be light. Um, I yeah. so looking for any feedback for for fan fest. Mm. Um, I have been like listening to a lot of discussions yesterday and, and today about um, the accommodations uh, for ADA mm-hmm. and how a lot of people uh, under an ADA were a little concerned about the 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 accommodations they were giving them so hopefully the square Enix staff take a look at that seriously and uh, going forward the other fan fests they maybe you know take that feedback to heart and make it a little bit more enjoyable for those under mm-hmm. ADA because it did seem like some of those fans were a little upset and had didn't have as nice of a time as some of the rest of us who sure. you know have that benefit so hopefully that's something that's taken into account sure but yeah. Uh, ben, do you have one? Or do you want to think about it? It's a small it? one. Oh, yeah. It's a small one. It's age old. It's just sort of out PlayStation themes. I just oh, bring, yeah. them, bring <laughs> them back. Bring them back. Bring them back. Oh, Ooh, yes. Every, every now and again, I get reminded that we don't have them. We had them. We don't have them now. And uh, it comes up like every month or so, like on my Twitter, where I'll see someone just lament it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, what I really like that Sony have done is they've really started obviously with you know um, Spider-Man they just flew off the shelves is the face plates yeah. they've understood mm. that people want to customize yes they want to customize their PS5s well we also want to customize the menus so please just, just, let, just let us do it um, that would be please Sony yep. I have no authority whatsoever but please sort it out Please sort it out. I don't remember who I was talking. I was literally just talking about this in the last few days mm-hmm. with somebody about how I missed those PS3, PS4 themes that they were so good. Yeah, I liked when you would do like you get a platinum in a game or something. Yeah, get, they were a reward. Oh, I missed that. I have like Kingdom Hearts ones I've unlocked. I had the pre-order <laughs> the Final Fantasy VII remake ones yeah. for PlayStation Four. I loved yeah, all of those sick. ones. Yeah. Um, I got uh, a, like a nice a sick. Uh, the city one, I think, for like my PSP, I was still mm-hmm. using, and then I got a, yeah, I got like a Valkyria Chronicles one that I loved as yeah, well. And it's like oh, I just wish those could come back. Yeah, sick Bloodborne one. Damn, just think of all like, the dynamic possibilities of like it's a beautiful system. Like it's just all completely set up for it. I'd love yeah. to. I'd love to yeah. see it. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. don't. I don't think it's going to happen at all. I think the <sighs> way the way the system is designed is not teed up for it. But um, I would, I'd love it to be. Yeah. Hopefully they can do something. I don't know. Yeah. All right. This one is from Next Gen Hef. Sort it out. This last week, three One Piece movies were finally added to Crunchyroll. Red, Stampede, and Gold. They were announced the week prior to come out on July 27th. But they were not added until 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The day of. As we continue to move forward with... All digital media and games, it's time that these companies have set launch times along with dates. Or better yet, a set universal standard launch time for everything. Too many times I've wasted away mornings over here on the East Coast waiting for something to come out on launch day. Just for it to not come out till the afternoon slash evening. This has happened the last six times with big games between Steam and Switch. Nintendo doesn't like midnight releases for some third-party stuff. Or time is just as valuable as money. Wait, our time is just as valuable as money these days. Sort it out so we're not wasting it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love when games come out earlier. If you're digital, at least. It's yeah. really nice. Like, usually for us, it's 9 p.m., which is wonderful. But it, not everyone does do that. Yeah, with 
so with One Piece specifically, yes, I could definitely see like they. I, in a perfect world, yes, there needs to be just like a a launch date time that everyone can easily convert mm-hmm. into their local time zone, and it just goes live. But uh, I do know because it is a Toei property mm-hmm. that uh, the licensors probably have to get like la- like triple check that clearance when they put it up because any one second too soon can mean like a breach of contract or dire consequences for that. So especially with digital and they're very protective of that stuff. Yeah. So I can understand that they're just being very cautious and just waiting for final approval. But that is something that maybe they should try communicating to with the parent companies as well as that this is what the audience expects and it's something that uh, you should be shooting for because it's a ben- it's to the benefit of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might just be something they're not acutely aware of either. Yeah. yeah. We are slowly moving. Well, not even slowly moving. We are right in the digital future where video games is being made very clear that video games are going digital, that, that mm-hmm. content is digital. And, um, you know, it's we're in a very different era where the mistake would be someone opening the doors to the store too early. You know, there is always that barrier. And I think that te- everyone knows this, but technical things can go wrong all of the time. And it's all just it, it can create absolute havoc. I remember watching the there was the no clip documentary, Danny O'Dwyer, amazing no clip documentary about the making of Hades. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's incredible and it's just so real and so raw and it goes on for such a long time um and uh there was the moment when they i think they announced it at it was either the game awards or and it was it was a keely event i think it might have been the game awards they announced hades and they went available now in early access and you can see the panic of these developers like whether it was available on the store when it was going to happen and all of these technical things can go wrong it could just be one small thing that kind of like dominoes into other stuff. And I think that as much as you would like to create um, insurances that this won't happen, I think we are only going to see more of them on as more and more games are released exclusively online. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think sort it out is correct. If we can find a system, because it's the way we're going to consume this stuff now, there needs to be some consistency. But I think, you know, I love it when you see these are the release times of everything and then you have the world map and you see everything. But when I, whenever I see one of those maps, I go, that's going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> All right. This is from Chris Everly, or Iverly. Sorted out Square Enix. Well, I have a few critiques of FF16. Overall, the game was really fun, solid game, and probably the best Final Fantasy since 12 for me. However, a major issue I have with the game is the fact that it crashes my PS5 on multiple different occasions. I can play the game for hours with no issues, but for some reason during various cutscenes and even some of the bigger boss fights, whatever the game is loading in the background, it kicks my PS5 into overdrive and freaks it out thinking it's running too hot and just shuts off my PS5. And I know that's not my console because I keep it clean internally and outside, plus it's an open well-ventilated area. Also, it appears several other online people online have experienced this as well. So please fix this Square Enix with a patch ASAP. P.S. Ben, I want to compliment you on your performance for Clive. It was truly exceptional performance, and I hope you. I hope to hear you in many more future video games to come. Keep it up. Well, thank you. Also, uh, if your PlayStation does crash again, I will personally come around to your house and perform all of the scenes. 
from Final Fantasy 16 for you. So yeah. uh, see that as a promise. Yeah, that's the Square Enix. That's the Square Enix promise. That's Square Enix right promise. Yeah. Send me round to your house, and I will just perform all of the stuff for you Damn. whilst fixing your PlayStation 5. <laughs> um, no, that must have been that must have been really annoying. So yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. My PlayStation crashed um, playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and uh, I lost. 50 hours worth of progress no yeah oh no yeah 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 so i I, and i lost it all the whole thing just blew up and i was like oh man but i i got i fixed it and i'd lost all the progress so i could never get it back uh but i replayed it and um because i loved it so much yeah i did Um, like that game too but but you have my sympathies it's so annoying it's so annoying when that happens yeah hopefully some patch will come out or I'm not sure what could be causing it, but hopefully it'll work itself out. All right. uh, This is from Garrett Kayser. Sorted out Konami. The trailer for the new season of Castlevania Netflix looks absolutely sick. But why the hell isn't there a game to capitalize on the show's success? Not to mention the fact that the Metroidvania genre has exploded over the past few years with great titles like Bloodstained, Hollow Knight, Metroid Dread, etc., or maybe just try to do something in the vein of the Souls-like genre, which would do very well in a Castlevania setting. Come on, Konami. Give us what we want. Sort it out. Uh, I always want new Castlevania. Yes. Always want that. Yes. I don't know how many times I have to ask for that. You ask a lot. Every time. I know. It's like a broken record. They still say no. They'll give you collections, but they won't give you brand new. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'll take what I can get. I'm begging for scraps from Konami and Castlevania. Hey, is this their thing? Because, like, same thing with Metal Gear. Yeah. Like, we're getting a collection. At least fin- getting them. Bringing those games forward yeah. finally so people can play but them on the current systems. yet. But, yeah. I mean... Um, what about Dead Cells? What, did you guys play the Castlevania Dead Cells? So, I, I played a little bit of it. I need to go back to it. But what I played of that, I thought was really cool. I really liked that. And I think it's smart of them to license out their IPs to other people. Because, like... It works in Dead Cells, but I just want a traditional Castlevania game. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. straight up Castlevania game. Yeah. Whether it's the old school side scroller like the NES, SNES games or Metroidvania, whatever, dude. Yeah. They could have done like a Mega Man 9, 10 situation. Yeah. Like just going back to like, yeah, the NES style and yeah. going from there. Um, they seem more open to working with other studios to help bring mm-hmm. back now, their series, yeah. looking at Silent Hill specifically. But yeah, I'm not sure why they haven't even, because uh, you got to know there are plenty of teams out there that would like die love, to yeah, that. die yeah. to yeah. work on Castlevania yeah. and would easily pitch, you know, great ideas. So I wonder what it is that they they want to like hold it back, other than the collections they've been releasing. Yeah, I don't know. What's the next collection you said you wanted? The PS2 one. So if they I don't want those? the PS2 games. Okay, but I think the the best idea would do the DS games for okay. most people. Yes, because those games are all really yeah. good. Yeah, but I, I like those PS2 games. They're not the best games, but I like them. They have a soft spot in my heart. Huh? Which, which, when you when it comes back, do you want it to be? Do you want it to be a two D side scroller? Do you want it to be three D? What do you want? Do you want? Do you want anything? The God of War of Castlevania. I pretty you much know, want anything more. at this point, Ben. Like whatever they want to try, I'm down. As long as it's an actual video game, and not a pachinko <laughs> machine, I'm in. Um, I haven't watched any of the Castlevania stuff, but I saw the trailer oh. for Castlevania Noct. And I yeah. saw Castlevania Nocturne. I went, oh my word. And yes. uh, so now I've teed up to watch the whole thing. But I, I heard that uh, an actor called um, Zahn McLaren is 
in it. He plays one of the main characters, and he's uh, a f- half first generation American, uh, half Irish ancestry, um, and he is a phenomenal actor. He plays the, an amazing part in the second series of Fargo. I mean, he's, oh. he's just he's just a ridiculously good actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm even now I just had to get up the IMDb of the of the team for this and they are attracting some serious talent yeah the, f- and, the first game had good voice or first season show had good voice acting yeah definitely yeah some big name actors yeah. in there yeah definitely watch um, that i, I, I want to congratulate i mean it's, you know you talk about it like what edge runners did mm-hmm. for um, cyberpunk it, there is that everyone would be playing a castlevania game on the off the back of the quality of what this show is um, yeah and you feel like they're missing it but I, you know hopefully they're going to catch up but um, I feel like there's money. There's money on the table here that they're not taking advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Because their collections they've done have been super good, like mm-hmm. really good collections. I've been very pleased with them. But there is just that want for something brand new. So yeah, hopefully we we'll just get it. Just gonna take time. All right, stuff for the exact opposite. Keep it up. Yep. Just something we're pleased with in the games industry. We are loving it. We're feeling it. Damiani, do you have one? I mean, obviously, besides the the praises I've sung so far, you know, for for like like Pikmin, and mm-hmm. also beyond just like that, like just uh, uh, yeah, create a business unit three, like mm. you know, having a new the new expansion, everything they're showing, and they talked about the new patch coming out. Obviously, sixteen just came out, um, and you know, just the 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 the, the how fast they can adapt. I think is one of their biggest strengths um, going from 16 people, the messaging being like, it, this is it. It's, it's standalone to we've seen how popular this is. Didn't Yoshi be saying, Hey, we're considering some things, you know, like the, being able to do that, not being so like set in your way that no, this was the creator's tent. It's done. It's like, no, it, he, they, they really look at what fans want. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a developer that, you know, will, cater to fans as much as they can this is one of the like the best examples so not everyone might agree with that but for me it's been very impressive that Mm -hmm. they they do that and just seeing it again in action this weekend it's just like yes yes this is do you want to understand why so many people get so passionate about this like being at fan fest i think showed you a little bit of that yeah fans aren't getting invested in games they're getting invested in people and i think a lot of people bought final fantasy 16 because they trusted in the team um, yeah. And I, I think they have done such an amazing job of setting a real precedent of how developers should interact with their fans. Um, and I think there is this tendency to um, uh, deify a lot of um, uh, developers. There is There are these untouchable beings who live above us, who have greater ideas than us, who are untouchable. And I think that as much as... Um, Yoshi P is a is a very very t- talented talented creator. Um, he has fostered a community who are very human and allow themselves to be human. You have Soken who is a genius, but he's also an idiot, and he lets you know that. And it's so amazing to watch these people want to interact with fans in a way that they feel like they are. A f- they're a part of it. They feel tangible because they mm-hmm. literally will allow you to touch them. They will go into the audience and do this. And like having watched them work, it isn't an act. It's like you see them. They are the same people and they haven't changed who they are. And I, and I really 
think that they've created magic and it only means that anyone who joins the team is going to have that exact same ethos. Um, so, yeah, thank you, my employers. Um, <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, thank you, boss. Um, I, I've, I've loved every, I've loved every second of being around them, learning from them. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I agree. You keep it up. Yeah, but when they were here at our studio, they were very goofy. They yeah. were having fun. They immediately oh. went to the arcade cabinet. Yep. <laughs> and um, yeah. the battle director, I wish I forgot his name, top of my head, but he got he like grabbed a mountain. Yeah, he got a Mountain Dew out of the fridge, and he was, like, pumped up about it because he said he hasn't had one <laughs> yeah. since, like, junior high or something like that. Yeah. They were playing, like, just games. It was, it was really cool. Um, when I first met my hero, um, I uh, just we just had a big hug. We just pointed at each other and went, you, yeah. you, like that. And it was going, it is, and it, what, none of it was pretense. No one felt like they were better than anyone else. It's just, like, a real joy of kind of celebrating each other's work and really appreciating what we've kind of like done and it was i i've i love them all dearly i think mm -hmm. they're just wonderful wonderful humans and they they come across like they're humans and it you can only just look at the pictures from FanFest to see that and how much it genuinely means yeah yeah dude soak uh, in one it, last thing about soak in at fan fest i forgot to say at the end of like the primals concert like they just done like this intense song so can just in English goes, holy shit! <laughs> like, <screams laughs> to the audience. It's like I never heard him swear. That's I was awesome. like, oh my god! That is like, awesome. He just just um, lets it let it rip. <laughs> I um I have this video on my phone that I was like, oh, should I post this up to the internet? And I haven't, and I won't. But it's um, it's uh, Koji, um, and uh, Yoshi P and another of the team morgan rushton who works in the uk with me worked a lot on the on the um on the game all singing the rosarian anthem like oh. quite drunk quite <laughs> drunk awesome. at a table and and uh yoshi p does the elwin part where he goes again again like that and it is <sighs> it is this beautiful joyful moment that i've kind of i have on my phone and i really like that it's mine that i managed to capture this moment of them just being really silly. We're at a restaurant. Um, no one, everyone's kind of staring at us going, what the hell's going on? And these are kind of like Larry people just singing an anthem from a game that they haven't played yet. Yeah. Just, yeah, they're, they're awesome. That is sick. So I good. love it. So good. Uh, I need to fulfill my quota uh, oh. of just praising from software. You know, it's been yes, a long yes, enough yes, time. Yes, 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 okay, okay. I've played Armored Core. There we go. Rips. Uh, Keep it up, from software. You're just doing fantastic work as always. Uh, can I add a keep it up? I know. I've yes. Kind of, I've, yeah. I've 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 sated the lust for praise from my employers, Square Enix. But I um, I just want to say, um, keep it up, demos. Um, yes. I think that um, I don't think 16 would have been nearly as impactful had people not played the demo to it and it had that impact and as i was playing the demo to sea of stars and i've said is maybe don't play it it just brought me back to the days of the playstation one discs that i would oh, get yeah. and how oh, yeah. it's become so obsessed i'm just thinking like the great great demos the 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 metal gear solid one and two demos that i would have just happily kept keep replaying and again, mm -hmm. and again and again and i think that now 
we have this tool that is is so available to us where you don't have to have discs you can literally just play bite-sized things and i really hope that that playstation and xbox take advantage of that and and, and bring more people into it so yeah please keep it up demos yep. are great i agree all right fat j ronin said keep it up keep it up ben star for being an awesome dude on social media and dealing with the weird memes about clive's massive chest <laughs> and other things yeah. hope you see hope to see you in more roles in the future and and also you're a real one for mentioning chain echoes on kind of funny games daily yeah i mean i'm just i'm just speaking my truth guys i love the games that i like and i want to talk about them um, mm-hmm. but yeah anytime i uh, don't worry i will keep it up i will be talking a lot more about clive's chest um, <laughs> no, I, if you want to see it well hey um the warrior of light it was uh, yeah. it was amazed even if i hadn't watched which i did if i hadn't watched the live stream i would be very very well aware of the warrior of light's fantastic chest because i was tagged in a lot of pictures <laughs> of clive <laughs> next to the warrior of light it was very funny i looked That's at awesome. my phone i was like why have I, why have i got 50 notifications oh another very very attractive very attractive <laughs> chest um so that was fun yeah that's awesome all right this is from captain falk Falcone. Keep it up. Larian Studios released Baldur's Gate 3 on PC a month ahead of the PS5 since the PC SKU is already complete. Especially with the competition in September with Starfield, it's good to respect players' time and not arbitrarily hold up access because of a port. Cyberpunk showed us the opposite when it launched with several broken versions. Scrap simultaneous platform releases. Uh, yeah, I think if a game is ready to go... Obviously, there's circumstances that can change this all the time, but I think in this case with Baldur's Gate 3, it works out well. Yeah, I think you have to be afforded that benefit where yes, like, you're not nothing contractually obligated to meet certain things. When you have that freedom, then yes, like, you know, respecting your, your audience's time by releasing a version that's done instead yep. of holding it, like, that should be the way it's done. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Especially with this, because Baldur's Gate's a good example, because Starfield won't be on PlayStation. But if you only have a PlayStation, you can at least still play this RPG, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something. All right. And this is from My Latin Lover. Keep it up! Final Fantasy 16 does so many things right. The active time lore, stellar story, over-the-top Azura's Wrath-style kaiju battles, easy-save data management... And best-in-class voice acting. The entire cast did such an amazing job bringing emotion and feeling to each scene. From the digest and the NPCs' voices as they casually badmouth the bearers to, Clive felt cry- to Clive's felt cries later on and his heartbreaking, I'll fucking kill you in the, fi- in the first chapter. The industry needs more top-notch voice work. Keep it up. Yeah, that's um, we all felt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people did. That was a moment. That was a moment. I yeah. watched a lot of people watch that scene, um, and I didn't. I'd, I'd actually forgotten I'd recorded it um, as a as a line because that line, the "I'll kill you, I'll fucking kill you," was originally going to be in the first trailer. Um, mm-hmm. So at the end of it, it was like, "I'll kill you if it's the last thing I do." Koji yeah. was like, "I want, I want to get an I'll kill you, I'll fucking kill you," um, and so we recorded two versions. And then I, I hadn't actually recorded that scene up to that point. And then um, when we actually did it in game, I really went for it. And I think I, 
uh, I don't know if I've told you guys, it was like I decided that it was Clive's soul leaving his body. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like the Clive that we see at the beginning of the game. Like, it needs to be, he needs to not have it. It needs, yeah. That moment needs to be everything is lost. So we understand why he spent 13 years essentially just roaming around, being mm -hmm. a husk of himself, and he allows people to pick him back up. But with regards to voice acting and keeping up voice acting, there is so much talent out there. Um, and I really want to big up the cast of this game, the whole cast, yep. not just the amazing main characters. You know, Ralph Einstein, obviously incredible as Sid, getting his flowers, deservedly so. It's the summer of Ralph, to be honest. Um, but Susanna, who did an beautiful, beautiful job in bringing Jill to life. Um, Christopher York, who played Gav. Um, there are other characters that I don't want to talk about, um, mm -hmm. but I was so blessed to work with these amazing actors but also all the people that do supporting characters. There are people who are leads in major video games who are supporting characters in this. And there is such a great roster of talent in the UK. Um, and so a shout out to Side UK as well, where I recorded it. Um, they're brilliant at what they do. And they were so supportive of me through all the stuff that I went through in the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think voice actors are new in an already new medium, and we're figuring out how to deal with voice actors. Um, you know, some games don't require it because a lot of the times we just play it for the mechanics. But I think this game and other excellent story games show you the power of what performance can do um, and how it can enhance your experience. Um, so yeah, thank you. And I really hope that um, there are more games uh, I mean, Baldur's Gate 3 is a great example. The voice acting mm -hmm. is going to be brilliant. We just mm -hmm. know it. Um, and a lot of my colleagues I know um, are, are in that game, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to experiencing their performances in that game. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to just voice actors in general. You do uh, a thankless job where you're not allowed to know what the game is, and sometimes you're just shouting into a void, and you bring some of the greatest, most meaningful characters to life out of nothing. It's such a skill, so thank you for that. Yeah, big time skill, mm -hmm. yeah. Respect the hell out of it. All right, we got some shout outs, as always, some of our uh, generous patrons on there on the Platinum Producer tier. We just give them a shout out every uh, episode of this. Mm. We got Jabawabs, Elphanis, and Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Ben, why don't you give them a shout out? Just give them a little shout out. Shout out. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> just like the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. You did it. All right. I did it for you. There you go. Next game is what I've been playing also is Remnant 2. Mm. Playing this little, uh, yeah. this little little baby game right here. <laughs> baby game. And a sweet baby game. Where I'm like, yes, this game is good. Uh, so if you're not familiar, Remnant is a third-person shooter that has a lot of Souls-like elements. It's not necessarily a true Souls-like or anything like that, but there's definitely elements in there. So basically, the game takes place in a post-apocalyptic setting. You play as these kind of like wanderer characters. There's these crystals you touch, and they take you to a completely new worlds, completely out of the zones. And what's cool about these is they are randomly generated, a lot of them, like... For instance, I played some of it solo. The first one I went to was a crystal. I took it, it took me to like a castle, and castle interior, then eventually to like a, uh, like the London street. This is Bloodborne. It was basically Bloodborne, like 18th century London streets 
with some freaks running around with knives and stuff like that. But I played with my girlfriend. We were in a completely different setting when I went to that. It was like a Aztec kind of like jungle area. Oh, wow, yeah. So it was all us going through all that stuff like that. Um, there's multiple classes to pick from right off the bat. You start in the game. You get to a hub town, uh, hub town like many Souls games-esque Souls games. Pick your class. I picked a gunslinger class. So this class is like specials. I could like whip out a revolver and quickly shoot like six guys like doo, 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 doo. sick like that or you could hold it down to do a really big shot nice. on, like, yeah, if you yeah. want a single target DPS like that but basically you go through these environments it feels what's great about this game also is it feels really good super important for any game like this it's third person you're shooting I'm playing with mouse and keyboard so I'm right at home rolling with the uh, space bar feels great but you're going through these environments you're killing like weird alien kind of stuff you're unlocking shortcuts, you know, to maybe get through an area. There's multiple floors, like elevators and stuff like that. But what's really cool is there's bosses that you fight throughout this thing. One of the earlier bosses I fought was I was in this 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 Bloodborne area. You know, it was like this very like high houses around me, smoke coming out of the stacks like that. I hear this weird sound, like sound. No, okay. I'm like, what the fuck's going on out here right now? There was like a guy on a horse on top of a roof. And he had a spear, and he just jumped off the building and oh. started attacking me. I had full-blown panics, you know, just some freako coming out of the sky on a horse. Pretty intense. But he killed me, dead. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Quick respawn, though. No big deal. Start fighting him. He starts summoning ads in, though, too. Oh, had no. to take care of that. Took me, like, two tries to get him down, but I got him down. Sick. But what's cool, when you kill the bosses, you get items from them. With this item, I was able to go back to the our home base and have it forged into a spear, the weapon he was using. Oh, that's really cool. So I also now have that spear. You Not only do you have your guns, you got like two guns, but you also have a melee weapon. All so right. you can still get close encounters yeah. if you want to. You can do builds all around that kind of stuff. But uh, what also is cool is I played co-op with my girlfriend also, and we definitely ran into a scenario where you needed co-op for. I think it was a puzzle. Okay. Because the game kind of randomly generates some elements. Oh, okay, because you already were like... Yeah. If you were solo, wouldn't have done that. Yeah, so okay, I was okay. in my world, and I co-opted with her in her world. So since we were together, I believe it spawned this thing. There was a like a wind puzzle. We There was like a big tower, and uh, it had like certain symbols on the floor. As you went up the tower, there's symbols. Okay. And sometimes if you stand on the symbol, it would blow a note, like a like a note, okay. or something like that. We f- went down a little bit. We found a book that had like a... a uh, kind of like a, a layout for a song. So we'd play the notes in as it laid out the book and yeah. play a song and we got a reward. However, there was one that was really long that you needed two people to do. Oh, okay. So That's it's like, cool. okay, I'm going to go on this note right here and you go on this note right here. We'll do that. Hit that note together at the same time. Does it, then you got to coordinate to go to the other ones. I was just like, oh, it's just a cool little, yeah, that's... Cool little puzzle I enjoyed yeah. doing like that. Uh, also, the class she played as, uh, she has like a little dog with her. Oh, and this okay. dog you can send to like attack people while you're fighting. Of course. And also, if you go down, you get downed. The dog can revive you yes. one time. There you go. So it's like yes, best Good boy, boy. Yep. best dog kind of thing like that going in there. Best Super fun. Boy. Yeah. Uh, we play. We streamed some of it. Yeah, we played with Huber watched, for a little bit. So you saw us play together. Yeah, I watched that like ice boss thing. 
that you did oh, under yeah, the yeah. swords. Yeah, yeah. Although the thing you explained about was really cool, how you had like a choice. Yeah. So yeah. there was there's like a storyline as you go through these worlds and you can kind of piece things together. Then basically I went it was like some crazy gothic castle. There's this weird skeleton guy who they called the false king that killed the old king, apparently. And I talked to him and he wanted me to kill someone that was causing him problems essentially. And I went to that person, and it was like a mirrored version of him. And I talked to him. They had like a slightly different personality. So they're each telling me to kill the other one. So you get to choose. But what, what was cool about it is I noticed a little bit later on is if I looked down at the floor in the room I was in, I could see the reflection of the other version of himself. So whatever one I wanted to fight, I would just have to go to their version of the world. So I picked one of them. Um... I picked the nicer one, it seemed like, because I was like, oh, maybe he'll give me something cool. Because if I pick the bad one, maybe he'll just, like, tell me to fuck off or something like that. Uh, Pretty intense fight. He had, like, um, had a melee sword, of course. He'd come in and slash at you. He had, like, little orbs that would spawn and also shoot stuff at you. Manage it. You could shoot. At least you could, like, destroy them with your guns, which is cool. Yeah, uh, but at one point, he has, like, giant swords yeah, come up. Yeah, they were intense. It started, like, slamming on the ground, so he had to dodge all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It took me a little while, but I upgraded some of my gear, and that really helped up, like, building up my weapon strength. Fe- eventually took him down. Felt really good. But what's cool about when you go through the, a lot of these environments is there is a main path you should go, like, the, the MSQ version, I guess, of, like, hey, this path leads to the main story progress. But there's also side dungeons you can do if you want. Okay. And some of these dungeons have... Most of these dungeons have, like, a boss also. I think you saw us do this one also, though. But we fought through an area, finally unlocked the door to get to a boss. This this guy, this, like, weird, freaky alien thing, yelling about a feast. He's like, we're a feast! It's time to feast! And there's all this gross food on this table. And he's like, eat! Eat up! Eat the food! Or whatever. I took a bite of it, you know. Gotta do it. Take a bite of it. Your character, like, starts freaking out. And... You have like a, you're like a vampire almost. It feels like you have like a line that goes down. You're healthily drained. You're getting assaulted by guys. So having to fight guys while your health is constantly draining. And healing items that you normally use to heal do not, not heal you. Yeah. So what you have to do is instead is eat food off the table while you're being attacked. So you gotta go blah, 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 like gobble <laughs> it up. And it takes a little bit. So you gotta be careful. And once you eat it, it's gone. But also, eventually, these like these like humanoid things come out, which are essentially food to these alien people. They come out like on like a little elevator, and they're left to be eaten. You can eat them, in fact, and it's much quicker. It's like a vampire thing. You like bite on them real quick, so you get your health back. So you have to manage all that while trying to kill all these guys, which was really yeah, fun. All. I didn't know what the hell was happening like the first two times. I'm like, why am I dying? I'm using the healer, and why am I dying? Then I was like, oh, I kind of figured out the mechanics. So I was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Brad, Did you what have you've described to- there. Yes, you have described a fever dream. As I'm listening to you, I'm going, this this game sounds fucking insane. Yes, it and, is. And um, I... I I've heard so many amazing things about it. I th- it's been like a game I think was under a lot of people's radar and then it's kind mm-hmm. of come up and people have gone, oh, it's significantly better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Is it on, you know, it's it's inescapable that it's going to get comparisons to the other franchise that everyone compares this sort of game to, so I won't say it. But difficulty-wise, do you think that like, where does its difficulty derive from? You said that at one point you were like, oh, I upgraded my gear so I can... Yeah. Is so- it, where is the... 
Yeah. There's three difficulties you can choose from. There's like a normal one, the harder one, and like the super hard one. There's also a hardcore mode also if you want to do that, where if you die, your character's yeah. going uh, I picked the middle tier one, and it's challenging. Like, I get fucked up pretty quick if I'm not careful about some things, but it's definitely something as you play more, you just get better at, and things you it's things start to click, and it's easier. But if you want a more chill time, you can just change the difficulty. Mm. Have a good time if you don't want to worry about it. All right. Uh, yeah, However... So what it is, it's like worlds. You pick your difficulty and it selects your world and that's what that world. And you make progress to that. If you want to change the difficulty or lower it, you have to reset the world Okay. to change it. So, okay, so you kind of have to commit, but you can go back if you get stuck and you're like, whatever, I just need to redo this and go through it. Okay. And if it's like... It, go ahead. No, you, you, carry, you carry on. I lost my question afterwards. I was just going to say, like, um, but if you co-op with someone, too, you save all your XP and stuff like that, so you get progress as you co- go out through the game. So, And you can team up with other players online. You can jump into their game if you want, if you're having problems or anything like that. Teaming up. Uh, I know that, I know you were playing it on, like, launch day, so there was yeah. a little bit of, like, some little bit of woes mm-hmm. to troubleshoot that. But when it's supposed to work as intended, mm-hmm. it... It's less involved getting in with co-op yeah, than, like, easy. say, the other series. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Because, yeah. like, I did it on PC before the game was out, too, and it was super easy. Nice. Like, you say, join game. You can either, they can either invite you, or you can, like, see a thing with everyone looking for people, and you That's can see their name there, and you can just very join Very convenient, them yes. Yeah, yeah. It's much more, so, like, a Souls game is, like, or Dark Souls or Elder Ring is much more, like, summons are kind of, like... yeah temporary things they're not meant to be something with you the entire game Mm. they're supposed to be like little helpful things every now and then not something you rely on the whole game this game you can very much play the entire thing easily with another player two other players yeah even in the marketing it shows like people playing together so So Mm -hmm. i think if you have buddies you want to play with it's a great great choice uh one other encounter is i guess it's technically a boss fight it wasn't really like me fighting a boss though it was like this room where there was lightning in the sky. You'd start this thing, and lightning would slowly start coming down. And if it touches you, you're dead. Okay. So you have to run down this long path, long path, but there's things along the way trying to kill you as you're going down there. And if you go too fast down there, there's another lightning thing. So you got to go in between them as they're both slowly going down. Oh, I see. So you got to space yourself out. Gotcha. You may have an instinct to run, but sometimes you got to wait. But there's like these crystals along the way that blow up if you get close to them. But however, you can destroy a lot of these things while you're making your way down there. But it just gets kind of hectic and... But it was really fun. I had yeah, a lot of fun doing cool it. Yeah, that's a cool twist on uh, you know a challenge that's yeah. like not necessarily it's like a yeah, straightforward yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah, which I appreciate. It wasn't just a straightforward fight, but there is definitely like straightforward fights if you're interested in that kind of stuff there too. But um, I've only gotten to play like I beat the first world. I, I don't know how many there are, but um, I beat it and it was taking me to a completely new place now. And I was like, dude, I can't wait to play more of this. But now I have Boulder's Gate three, so I don't know. Yeah, you got we'll a figure, lot. I'll don't figure you? something out. Um, you didn't, so comparing, I know you said like the level, the world's generate yeah. based on whether you're a partner with someone or you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're by yourself, um, did you still think, did you think it was like as challenging? Like how, how would you compare like the challenge of like teaming up versus being by um, yourself? Cause, I, and I think always when you're, cha- when you're with someone, games are always a little bit easier okay. no matter what. But so like when me and Huber played together, 
I think we were on a lower difficulty, I think, than what I was playing on. And when I played with uh, Kristen, it was on a lower difficulty than I than I was playing on solo. Okay. They're still challenged. Still, okay. You still got to be careful. It's not a cakewalk, but it's easier for sure. I haven't even done the hardest thing yet, though, so I'm worried about that. All right. Yeah. I agree with you in some way, but I will say that the two-player on uh, Returnal is significantly harder than if you play really you player. thought it was harder dude me and huber did it and we like cruised through that whole game maybe really? just oh i mean, I mean we've beaten I, it I was before a pro. Oh. <laughs> i was a pro at returnal like i i smashed that game i became upset i did i did my go into a hole get the platinum trophy yeah. do every like i was obsessed with that game and yeah. i even went um, when i was a madman did the dlc did the ascension stuff mm-hmm. but for some reason playing it with someone else i was like why is this game maybe i'm an outlier here but i just felt the two-player part of return way way harder maybe it's who you play with like yeah. i was playing with huber so we were both pretty damn efficient at getting through that game but yeah. uh i don't know maybe i don't know maybe you just got like a bad seat, like a hard maybe, seat or something maybe you're just really good gamers and i'm a bad gamer and i'm a fake gamer that's no i think you're a good no. gamer i think you this is like yeah <laughs> platinum this is like you're a good gamer. me and mario games with multiplayer yeah it's maybe. way harder to play with all of yeah, you maybe. than it is just for me to go through by myself. Yeah, maybe just the idea of like yeah. th- having to think about another player yeah, on teamwork. there with you. Yeah, yeah. That's, and sometimes yeah. it's just way easier to just zone out and focus on yourself. I could see that. I'm a one man band. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, you, you can't pin me down. I'm too powerful. Can't do I'll it. I'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, but yeah, Remnant Two, really fun. Yeah. I saw it sold a thousand or a million copies already, so I was pleased yeah. to see that. Because the first one is cool. It's definitely a game, especially with me with the first one. I thought I was like, eh, it looks all right. We'll see how it is. But when I, once I started playing it and getting into it, I was like, oh, this game's way cooler than I thought it was going to yeah. be. Definitely. So, yeah. It's been nice. Seeing a lot of people streaming it last week. So yeah. It's really there cool. There were a lot of people waiting really cool for this. Game. Yeah. I'd highly recommend it. Especially if you got buddies who want to play a shooting games. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben. Let's yeah. talk about Viewfinder. Yeah. I know you've already spoken about this. You spoke yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no week. problem, though. I said very, very eloquently. Um, but I did spot some, some mistakes. So I thought. Ooh, that, um, ben no, I didn't. No, oh. I didn't. No, I didn't. You were great. You were great. You were great. Um, oh. But no, it's. Uh, I, yeah, no. I thought I'd do a little different kind of angle on it, a different take, because um, I actually haven't finished it. I think I'm like one mission away, one like world away from finishing it. But I, I was meticulous and I went through and I did every single kind of like minor challenge on each level, collected all the little collectibles just to kind of like see how deep it went. Um, and even though I've got, yeah, technic- there's, it's split up into five worlds. Um, uh, I, I, I really, really, really like it. I think it is brilliant. I think your guy's review is absolutely accurate in, in it and I, and, and great review of it. And I really hope that it's a game that more people play. Um, I think after playing a lot of big, for me, after playing big, expansive story driven games with loads of drama to kind of chill out with a cat that you could stroke every now and again and just mm-hmm. like it was it was a real kind of like vibes game for me and um i didn't need the story i don't need the story um but that's just me um i think with games like that i sometimes just choose to ignore them and that's probably sacrilege because you know everyone's fantastic the the, the voice acting is great um 
I didn't need that. I could, I would have happily just kind of procedurally gone through from, you know, puzzle to puzzle to puzzle to puzzle. Um, I, you know, I'm listening to people give brilliant performances and, and, and talk in interesting ways, but I didn't need it. Um, but it got me thinking as I was playing it, you know, for those who didn't listen to last week's episode, you are taking photos, you are then placing them and they are changing the environment. Very similar to something like Superliminal or Maquette. Um, but a game that it really reminded me of, that is a game that I didn't think it got enough love, is a brilliant game called Manifold Garden. Um, uh, yeah. And mm. Ma- Ma- Manifold Garden is is an amazing, masterful video game made by um, a developer called William Cheer, um, which you physically change the gravity of the world as you play it. And that's how you solve puzzles. It's amazing. And I realized as I was playing Viewfinder that those types of games, the portal, the entropy center, the super liminal, um, the absolutely amazing Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, if you haven't played it, I need it's to play just that. amazing. My God, I've never I, played I it. I think that it's the super, the the Stanley Parable um, Ultra Deluxe is one of one of the most mind fucky games I've ever played in the best possible <laughs> way. It is a game that goes so up its own ass, you can't help but laugh. It goes so deep, and when you think you're done, it keeps going. And I just congratulate everyone who made that game. Um, it's amazing. But what, what Viewfinder kind of made me realize is I love this, this genre, first-person puzzlers, um, and I really, really appreciate them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a fantastic celebration, but most importantly, it's an accessible celebration. It isn't, it isn't difficult, really. There isn't, it's not too, you don't, look at your, you don't look at this and go, I can't do this. And if you get something wrong, it isn't, it isn't the game it's you because it's it, it very cleverly gives you all of the tools early on to to complete all of these puzzles um and i think it's beautiful um especially if you get into the nitty-gritty which i did so there are there are sections of this game where you've got the main path where you need to take a picture of a thing move it over there it becomes a bridge you then turn it upside down a battery falls you put it on the thing and it's problem solved but there are all of these kind of like side pictures that you can get as well, where you you will say get an old Tamagotchi. I don't know if you're familiar with Tamagotchi. Oh yeah, oh you'll yeah. Get a, you'll get a, you'll get a Tamagotchi, and if you place the Tamagotchi in front of you, what the Tamagotchi will then do is it will come to life, and you can press all of the buttons, and you have to work out if you can make the, it's not a Tamagotchi in this case, it's a plant, you have to water the plant, you have to um, give it sunlight, you have to do all of this stuff to make it grow, and it's a little mini game that is its own little thing, and you can get a little achievement for it if you do it, and it's just like, that's neat, they didn't need to do that. Or there's an even cooler thing, which I discovered the other day, where you'll place, um, you'll place a little Game Boy, and all, it's not an officially a Game Boy, like a little retro game. And what you can do is you place the Game Boy in the game, and then you can take a picture of the Game Boy, and then you'll be able to place another Game Boy next to it. And there's like a little Mario oh. S game in it. In it is a jump is like a little jump bonus that you can get. And so if you take five pictures of that, you can get a five times jump bonus that can make you jump hundreds of meters up into the sky. Whoa. You can see the thing around you. And 
viewfinder is fun because of um, the fact that there are these small puzzles, but it's the, it's the side stuff that I thought was just so brilliantly inventive and the stuff that the game doesn't tell you. But if you explore, if you are curious, it will reward you. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a really, really neat game that um, isn't as shallow as it might seem on the surface. Um, and revisiting the stuff was really fun. And when I realized that, like, oh, there's stuff to collect, I went, this is me. Ben, uh, ben loves to collect. <laughs> so I just, I, I said, give me, give me something to put on a shelf. Um, so I w started going back. And as I was doing it, I started discovering all of these games. There's another one where if you plant it, you can, oh, God, it's so good. You, you, you can, you, <laughs> put this picture and you'll fall into this old this now 3d version of what was like a 2d zelda like um dungeon Damn. and if you if you sneak in behind it you can like press a button that like you can go behind a waterfall and find like one of the collectibles and so it give, it rewards you for your curiosity as well um which is obviously the most important thing in these games so i just want to give a shout out to viewfinder that like if you if anyone who's listening to this enjoyed what you guys spoke about last week i would say that play in that game because it really 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 rewards you um and i i want to thank the creators for being so silly with a lot of the stuff there is so much more than i've just said in that you know um but really just just have a lot of fun um with it and yeah f thank you to the creators damn yeah, yeah i really need to play this game it looked delightful when I saw it. Yeah. And you hear praise from Bloodworth, praise it so hard, and Ben now, too. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a nice quick game. You know, it seems like yeah, seven hours, something like that, six hours. You, works for you me. You can play it in two sittings. Absolutely. Oh, you can, beautiful. You, can, you will get so much joy out of it if you just go sit down, go, tonight I'm going to play half of it, tomorrow night I'm going to play half of it, and you can get a great, a great time that is absolutely chill. The music's really great. It's just a good time. I don't know. Maybe have a beer next to you. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a really really fun time. Um, but if you want to go deeper, there is that other aspect too that is just really 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 delightful. Sick, dude. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, everything I've seen about it looks really good. Yeah, just impressive how they like that tech just being yeah, able to like that cat, that crazy cat. Yeah, uh, you can pet it. You can pet yeah, that's important. Yeah, I'm gonna leave you with a question. Then I'm gonna use the bathroom. We'll come back. Okay. Sure. I forgot to ask you this during the Final Fantasy part. Oh, okay. Tommy Lee wrote in and said, FanFest Primus Concert question. Did they follow through with Damiani's oh. request from the interview? Okay. So uh, when they were here, we uh, I asked Soken, who also wrapped in Koji, into the answer about whether they would uh, perform their rendition of Titan Lost from Final Fantasy 16 at the Final Fantasy 14 Fan Fest. Um, they had a very colorful discussion about um, whether that would be possible to where Soken questioned Koji's vocal abilities to be able to do all of it which koji's like of course i can do all of this like what are you talking about and they're like sure and then they're like well maybe this is something yoshi p has to decide and then Sokin's like no let's like 
ask the fans if the fans say they really want it we'll do it and uh um obviously they're very busy obviously you know they want to give like a fun playful answer so it doesn't rule out in the future that they would ever do a live performance of that song or any 16 music but it is currently a event for final fantasy 14 and so i wasn't really expecting it to be there but they did do uh so ben uh, I told you that Koji uh, dropped F-bombs during it, and he joked that six, uh, 14's officially M-rated now. But before that joke, um, before the setup for that joke, uh, he said uh, officially M, like, sorry, after that joke, he said officially M for mature. And he said, we're going to introduce, we're going to play new songs now. And I'm like, oh, wait. So you just dropped an F-bomb. You talked about it becoming mature. And I'm like, wait, this has to be, a, is this a setup for the 16? But then it was something else. It was something from 14. So it was all exclusively 14 music while they did perform a few songs that they had not done live yet before, such as uh, the song Scream, which is from the last raid tier um, of uh, the previous raid tier of N Walker, as well as the, uh, I'm going to say that it's P8S Floor 1, the final fight of the last tier, part one of it, they played that song as well for the first time. So no, they didn't play Tight and Lost, um, but it was still fantastic. They still had, um, they did a lot of the usual gags. They did the uh, suite of uh, Alexander Raid music. So they did uh, Exponential Entropy. Um, they did, uh, sorry, no, no, not Exponential Entropy. They did a uh, 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 Metal the Brute Justice theme, Locus, the Alexander General Raid theme, and then Rise, which is the actual Alexander theme song where they do the whole thing where they freeze in time like the game mechanic at one point, and then they reanimate at the right time as well. Um, yeah, as they said, they had like uh, they had like Amanda Aiken come out to do Flow Together. Um, they had uh, uh, Jason, uh, what's his full name? Um, Revengeance, uh, Revengeance, yeah. Oh, I'm know. so sorry. Uh, it's like I, I, I'm blanking right now. He came out to perform, perform uh, uh, "To the Edge," um, a version of the Shadowbringers theme, but like it's way better. Uh, the Shadowbringers theme is really good, but this is like a critical moment in the story. I'm trying to avoid spoilers here. It was it was very uh, much uh, a very it was very pleasing. It was fan service in, in, to to the max. And uh, Jason Charles Miller. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. He's a pleasure to see in person. Um, brings so much passion. They both did. Like, he, his, his, yeah, like, obviously, I love Revengeance. People think it's a meme, but <laughs> rules of nature, like, the, the music in that game, like, is just, that game is an experience, and it's a well-crafted experience for what it's doing. Um, but this in a more serious note, he just v- gives it at all. And same with, like, Amanda, her range. When she's doing some of those songs, and in her and like the piano concert as well with like Keiko on the on the piano, um, but yeah, it was very good. But again, no sixteen music yet. But hey, there's still two more fan fest. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they will uh, do something special at the London one. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I imagine that when they do something sixteen related, it will all be very, very, very special. That's what I would imagine that it would be. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I'll 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 be I'll irresponsibly nominate myself to help Koji out if he doesn't want to sing those lyrics. I'll ruin my voice. Today. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll yes. do that for him. I'll be like I'll be like, don't worry, Koji got this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. yeah. So oh, do you have anything else? No, that okay. was it. Yeah. Uh, someday I I 
yeah, you're right. Even if it's not at a 14 event, I have to believe that they'll do like a concert mm-hmm. series, maybe even like a you know some other concert series. The Primals also do go on tour sometimes mm-hmm. and do like a, a, an individual concert. So maybe they could do it for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a story about Titan. Was not that interesting a story about Titan Lost, but I remember the first time I ever heard it um, because I'd, I'd recorded that sequence and I was like, "This is mad." This is a mad, mad sequence. <laughs> yes. Um, and I had to like do all the jumps, like, Ugh! you know, but as, as if we jumping from bit to bit to bit. And I think like two or three months later, I would have these like monthly check-ins with Koji. He was in Japan still because of lockdown. And um, he would play me stuff and he was like, do you want to hear, do you want to hear the Titan music? I was like, yeah, I do. And I, I was like, are you sure this is the right game? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Why? He was like, I know, right? It's mad. I went, it's mad. Um, but I love how people, it's such a It's such a shift. And in that moment, which is a crazy, crazy moment in the game, um, I love just how excellent, how excellent it is. And I think it really fits with just kind of like how amped up and how much these two characters just, yeah, that, that's, and I Pint you know, without saying too much, yep. yeah, they yeah. do not like each other. Um, and, you know, it's literally rock, rock against fire. They hate each other. And it's just, you can sense that. And it's a really uh, kind of great illustration of how they feel. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. All right. Let's get into our email segment. Sure. We're just going to go through some questions from our patrons that they sent in. Reminder, if you want to send a question, patreon.com slash easy allies, $5 and up, lets you send in questions to this show and many of our other shows. We'd greatly appreciate it if you headed on over there. All right, first question is from uh, Dustin Furman, friend of mine, actually, over at Last Stand Media. He said, hello, Brad and Damiani and Ben. Now that Final Fantasy 16 is out in the wild, it's clear that Clyde Rossfield is potentially the best lead in, the Final, in Final Fantasy. With that said, how awesome would it be to see Clive in Kingdom Hearts 4? <laughs> I'm imagining a conversation playing out with Sora, Donald, Goofy, and Clive discussing the Master of Masters. To Ben specifically, are you a Kingdom Hearts fan, and does this idea intrigue you? Thanks, and stay well, Dustin. I'd I'd love Clive to have a have a life in any sort of thing after this game, obviously, because I love him yeah. dearly. Um, I played Kingdom Hearts one. My history with Kingdom okay. Hearts is I was I played Kingdom Hearts one on PS two back in the day. I still I remember having the guide. I just you know seeing seeing squall again seeing my boys seeing everyone mm-hmm. together was just absolutely awesome mm-hmm. um i just I rigged out my ship it probably looked absolutely insane but yeah then i and i never picked up kingdom hearts 2 and i just feel like i'm incredibly out of my depth however i love the kingdom hearts fandom i, mm. I think i think they're just delightfully insane and um i i love how passionate people are about it and the idea that you know potentially there's a world in which clive could join that is 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 really awesome um i've watched a load of people stream kingdom hearts um because it's just it looks a lot of fun the combat system looks looks absolutely amazing um so no i i'm i'm not up to date i feel like how many games would i have to play to get up to date like 10 10 games um well thankfully they're all in collections yeah now. they're all in collections so now can, which is yeah. nice like you can play nice. all of them some of them aren't even games anymore two of them got turned into just like yeah. movies so you don't have to oh, play really? them anymore yeah. yeah like the least cool ones probably yeah the, yeah, the, the ones DS that ones. Were, probably wouldn't have been fun to play through anymore Four, five, i'm just thinking about while you're thinking about i'm just seven? thinking about 
seven, maybe. Yeah. I get like do we want to count them? Kingdom Hearts one. Yep. Then you'll have to do Chain of Memories. Yep. Then you'll have to do two. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have to do Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have to do Dream Drop Distance. Uh-huh. Then you'll have to do two point eight. I didn't even think about two yeah. point eight. So then you got to do uh, three. Okay, so those are the playable ones, and then yes. you watch Recoded and Three Five Eight over two yeah. days. Yeah, and then there's the mobile thing, which is yeah, being turned which into they incorporate something. Some of that in yeah, those. so so yeah, but do you think do you think four is going to be a reset? Do you think it's going to be a reset, or do you think that uh, gonna, it's kind of so? It's like a Final Fantasy fourteen situation, kind of where the main arc that they were telling throughout these other games is over, but they in three they were kind of placing pieces into what the next major arc will be. Yeah. So it's like a new arc kind of thing, but I'm not sure how much you'll need to know. It's yeah, hard to say. We don't know yet, yeah. Because we've barely seen anything from the game, but yeah. I feel like you will always get more out of it if you've played the other ones. Yeah. But that game's like that game's like not coming out until 2025. Yeah. So if people I, are curious about it, you got time. Yeah. I'm just thinking about trying to get Clive dropping an F-bomb to Sora. And like Disney having oh to like God, Disney that. having to see that yeah. and just seeing Disney reactions to F bomb yeah, in I'd Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> or would they have to make Clive, Clive behave Clive a little so bit? Much more he doesn't he doesn't swear that much. He wouldn't, he wouldn't swear at Sora. Not yeah. not best boy Sora, no. Um, oh. And yeah, what if they use like teenager Clive? I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, say, yeah. And um great opportunity for uh, maybe Torgal, maybe uh yeah. Yeah. Coral and Goofy bonding moment. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. That could be some be nice honest, stuff. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it as an opportunity for, you know, Clive and Cloud to team up, you know. Yeah. Like, and uh, in awesome. two, Squall and Cloud team up for a little bit. So if we can get Clive mm. in there also with them, that's like going to make the internet explode. Yeah. That's a moment. Yeah. That's a moment. And this is making I, me like, I, so go ahead. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. No, you carry on. I have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> yeah, right. I think you do. <laughs> I think you do, too. I think you do. Um, the character keeping Clive alive, maybe if there's like no more 16 stuff, another thing I thought of that could be very realistic is if uh, they ever revisit the Dissidia franchise, because it's kind of like they're celebratory, and everyone's going to be asking for Clive in there, so that would be like the yeah. perfect yeah. avenue, because yeah, as a fighting game and having Clive in that would yeah, be, be awesome. really exciting to say. This just popped into my head as we were discussing this, like, oh yeah, there's probably in some time in the next few years that that next one will come along, and we're going to get Clive in there as well. Yeah, obviously, Squared never tell me anything. Like mm-hmm. they would never trust me with any information. But I got really excited in the lead up to the release of Sixteen because there is that famous Dissidia image of all the um, of all the heroes in a circle. Yeah, I just thought, wow. And what got me really excited is the thought that Clive is going to even, you know, metaphorically join that circle of heroes and just kind of thinking where we've been and where we are and where we're. And so, even if Clive isn't, the idea that, like, in the canon of Final Fantasy, there is a new hero. Mm-hmm. I am that hero. Yeah. It's just really, really mad. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love that. That would be so, so cool. Um, mm-hmm. And again, Square don't tell me anything. So, I'm. <laughs> yeah, don't ask them. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. I was just saying it's cool. Oh, I know. Yeah. I met people out there. Oh. Don't ask them. All right. This next question is from RF Switch. Greetings, allies, and Ben. Since you're talking about Final Fantasy 16, I want to ask this. What is your favorite Final Fantasy in the series, and what sets it apart from the others in your mind? For me, it's Final Fantasy 4. 
which I feel is an amazing piece about characters and relationships, friendly and otherwise, that I feel aren't really that I feel that aren't really as well written in other games. I know your favorite one. My, yeah. Yeah, I don't shut up about it. It's eight. Um, yeah. I I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best, mm-hmm. um, but it's my favorite. It's the one that um, got me into the franchise in the first place. Um, so yeah, I. But what I do love is questions like this, where they go, "What's your favorite? This is mine." Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I think any no one would argue with you if you your favorite any of the franchise because you know they are. There are lots of people whose 16 is going to be their favorite because it, maybe it's their first one or maybe it's when they hit them at the right time in their life. And I think that's what's so great about this 35, 36-year-old franchise. Um, eight is my favorite because it's the first one that I played. And it's it's that... It, I went from a world of not ever having played a Final Fantasy game to having seen the light and seeing basically what was possible <laughs> in video game. Um, and then realizing that... I also had seven other ones that I could have played. And by this point, nine then came out the next year. You know, mm-hmm. Just think about that. Like in seven, eight, nine came out within what, like three and a half years of each other yeah. or something stupid? Insane. That's insane. Yeah, yeah insane really output. Um, and uh, I think that PlayStation 1 era of Final Fantasy just is yeah. mind blowing. Um, Chef's kiss. With how good they were. It is. Yeah. And the fact that. You know, I also wouldn't disagree why people say six is the best of all time because, again, I went back and played six after playing all of those, and I just thought, wow, this, this many characters, this many stories, and also the boldness of the storytelling of where that story goes. People say sixteen is dark, like mm-hmm. the things that happen just because it's little little pixel art doesn't mean it's not right. quite. Imagine seeing that in in full HD. Yeah, that'd be quite something. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I love it. And also, um, yeah, cards. You can't go wrong with it for you cards. Ooh, so, triple triad, um, yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I was made into a card. Someone made me into a Damn, that's sick. Wow. Yeah, that's in a awesome. seed uniform and everything. Yeah. That's sick. Diamond, yours is four? So, yeah, my favorite 2D one is four. And then and 3D then is 10. 10. Yeah, for uh, kind of similar for when it was known as Final Fantasy II in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That was my first experience with Final Fantasy. Um, finished it later, but like was really drawn in by like the characters, the world, and just yeah, I have a special attachment to that. So I always replay it whenever I get a chance. Um, and then there was like a large gap because I didn't jump in during the PlayStation error. Mm. I missed seven, eight, and nine during their initial release, but uh, you know was very hyped on PlayStation 2. Everything I saw about Final Fantasy X looked great. For whatever reason, like the PS1 era of Final Fantasy's aesthetics mm-hmm. didn't really speak to me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like mostly tuned it out. Obviously the FMV stuff was really cool to like watch on like videos back then, like those super compressed low res videos, but they were like mind blowing. But then like 10, everything I saw about 10 I was like, oh my God, it's so realistic. Actually the game looks like this too. Like there's voice work now. Oh wow, this is this is a big deal. And like as I said, like just love that setting and the, the the nature of it, like it being a pilgrimage, it's literally a pilgrimage as you are taking Yuna across Spira and just seeing that camaraderie, that that building, obviously Titus being a fish out of water, but learning to accept, you know, his situation and mature over it um, and just getting to know those characters so well and actually giving you one of the 
a thing that wasn't easy to solve. I like how it presented a really big critical issue that you needed to solve. Uh, and it wasn't like, oh, through the power of friendship, we'll solve it. It's like, no, we we are struggling to find an answer to this that has plagued this world for a thousand years. They made it feel like it was, this is legitimate. Like this isn't like by deus machina or something. And the solution made sense. It actually, and it was because of Titus's association with Jekt and Jekt's association with what mm-hmm. is going on in the world. So it was like, Really felt very rewarding on both the like, gameplay for one of the best turn-based systems at the time, and narratively, I understand people have their gripes with the voice work, but you have to understand that was like the first time they were attempting voice work in a Final Fantasy game. It was just so new. Like before yeah. that, it was like Metal Gear Solid was the only thing I had tried this, and I was like, this is amazing to hear these characters talk, and and was very special. Yeah, to I me. thought it was and, awesome. The voice acting at the time is rad. I still think it is. I still think mm. it is really good. Like I think James Arnold Taylor. There's a reason why you know he he's he's voiced some of the most iconic characters of all time, um, and I, I I get to meet Hedy Barres in like two months' time at CooperCon. He plays nice. Yuna. I think yeah. I yeah. can't believe I get to meet Yuna. Um, yeah, Ten is Ten is so amazing, and I like narratively the moment when we find out what the final summoning is. For real, mm-hmm. the moment where Tidus finds that out, I think is so brilliantly performed. That refusal to accept the truth, um, and it's such a gut punch. I think it's performed brilliantly, and I think the story is told at a brilliant pace. And it really did take me by surprise. I didn't realize it, and I think there are so many great beats in that story um, that are seeded in, in, in really good ways. Kind of allow it to be, I think, one of the most emotionally resonant games of the series if not the most mm-hmm. um i think it's so powerful especially the ending and everything about it is so beautiful the romance is unparalleled i think in in 10 i think it's so that seek that sequence of the macalania woods I, I, my my best friend and i nick my best friend nick turner at the time and, and i would just watch that scene going this is these this is this is ridiculous the graphics here the music the mm-hmm. romance was amazing um, yeah, I love ten. Yeah, uh, obviously my favorite seven. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that. Yeah, uh, it was not the first one I played. The first one I played was the first game back in the day on NES. Too hard for me at the time. When I was very young. Then I played. I rented six for a while too, but I never owned it. But it was seven that like made yeah. me buy it. Like I bought a PlayStation to play that game. I'd never seen anything like a game like that at the time. Just like even the marketing, like yeah. nothing was cooler at that time than Cloud on that motorcycle. Nothing. Yep. It was peak '90s aesthetic. Oh yeah, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing that marketing. Yeah. If you were into like video games whatsoever, yeah, it didn't matter if you were in a PlayStation. You it was everywhere. Yeah, it everywhere. was insane. Am I right in saying that Cloud on a snowboard was on the back of the original box? I think in the UK it was. Maybe a screenshot. Yeah. Yeah, like the fact that the fact that they sold the fact that they sold that RPG off the back of snowboarding is like it shows you the era that we were in. And again, 90s. Final Fantasy VII mini games, incredible. Yeah, yes, the stories are amazing, but the gold source of blew me away. The fact yeah. that I could play all these games as well as all the other stuff. It was the diversity within that game mm-hmm. of like, playing options. Mm-hmm. It's it's mad what they achieved. Love that yeah, game. It's insane. All right. This question is from Cabbage Lad. 
Question for Ben. What was the process like for interpreting interpreting emotion in the game? I.e., would you only have the script and decide how you wanted to, that to be portrayed, or would you have the mocap as well to guide you through? Uh, thoroughly enjoying both game and performance. Thank you. Um, it really varied. Um, so I knew Clive's journey. I was, you know, I was given the script really early on, and um, the team walked me through what Clive's journey was the whole way. Um, so I knew kind of where we were at in the story. Um, and that was why it was really annoying first month because I thought I was going to be fired because they'd already told me the end of the game. Um, so I just thought, oh, if I get fired then, <laughs> and I've ruined it. I know the end of Final Fantasy 16, that's annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, emotion emotion in these games is is actually not that difficult to come by because you just got to be real with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not you're not kind of seeing any effect all the all the all the crying and the sobbing and the stuff and the anger that the anger was fun to channel to be honest there's a scene there's a scene in a castle where clive faces off against uh hugo kuka um and he he hates him he absolutely hates him and there's a scene there's a scene where you'll you'll get no pity from me kuka no pity and no mercy and I love mm-hmm. doing that line. As Clive goes on this massive journey, you see him in really tender moments. You see him vicious, violent, angry. You see him broken. And I'm never going to get to play a character like that again, ever. Like, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a huge emotional journey. But um, in, the, in the sad scenes, the team just said, do what you want. Just do what you want. And they let me go. And so a lot of the stuff that you see, especially towards the end of the game or like the end of the demo, for instance, you know, those moments, they just said, just do it. There was pretty much no direction. It was like you allow you, you just go and interpret what, what you want to interpret. And so that's why some of it is quite unexpected mm-hmm. um, because it surprised me when I was doing it. Um, and there's a scene towards the end of the game that's quite emotional. And um, that was one take um, that we did. It's like a nine minute scene. Um, and the team just said, do you want to see it beforehand? I went, nah, it's good, I'll just, I'll do it. So I'm reading those lines on the fly. And um, that entire reaction is raw and real um, because it's what I would do in that situation. Um, and so I really, l- I got to know the team so well that we had that freedom to trust each other and them to trust me that I wasn't going to do something that was wrong. Um, and so that's why I'm so proud of some of that work because that is, that is ours. That is us going, this is what we want to give to this project. And there is like, that's me right there giving it to you. Um, so yeah, that's what it was. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Love it. All right. This is from Matthew Robinson. It's the first time I've ran in despite being a fan slash patron of GT slash EZA for years. But with Ben being on the show and the question already in my head, I thought there is no better time to submit something. I'm now most of the way through FF16. And the thing that I am enjoying the most are the accents. For context, I've been living abroad for a few years now, but I'm originally a lad from north of England, south of Scotland. And the northern slash georide accents used so heavily throughout Valencia have brought a smile to my face and made me long for home, especially with 
a Clive close to me in re- my own life. I was therefore wondering how much the Allies could follow some of the unique northern phrases and sayings being used throughout the game, and were there any memorable lines that stuck out to you? And to Ben, what flexibility did you have in delivering your lines when recording? As I have noted that the sub uh, the subtleties rarely match the wor- spoken words. Oh, I'm sorry, but I have noted that the subtitles rarely match the spoken words, especially with characters like Mid say things like me da instead of my dad thanks for taking my question if you do love and respect matt firstly brad i want to say congratulations for reading that out and i think all geordies from now on should be called geo rides yeah um, is it geordies so it's geordies yeah yeah, yeah. that's it's funny Geordie shorties geordies geordies but i'm loving geo rides is so cool it's like a little geostigma um, yeah 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 sorry, sorry i, I have no it. idea <laughs> of course why would you why would you it's not an accent that you ever come across i think this has probably been a thing about the game yeah. is like how uh, people outside of the uk have never really heard a lot of the accents before it's so specific to a, yeah. part, to a part of the uk i actually went to university in that area I went to a university in a place called durham um which is in the northeast of england and a beautiful part of the country northumbria amazing kind of medieval castles um but like Newcastle is 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 often in Newcastle, Middlesbrough. It's like it's a really really amazing part of the country, but you don't often see characters depicted in like that. And it was one thing that the team, that um, uh, that Koji, that Morgan really wanted to push through was that they wanted those accents. They wanted that accent there, the Geordie accent. Um, and so they found actors that can do it, and they only auditioned actors who had Geordie accents. Sick. Um, so. So, yeah, and they really wanted that part of the world to only have that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Did you understand any of it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I felt like characters said stuff and I would understand it. Uh, maybe, Ben, okay, so growing up, my parents constantly watched British mysteries, and they still do. So I felt mm. like I was exposed to a lot of that as I was growing up, just accents and just kind of understanding what they meant, like... Maybe I don't know a direct translation of what you'd say, but I think I would understand the idea of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like I would get the gist of it, but not like maybe the very subtle super things about Mm. it. So I was never like them saying stuff in the game. I was never like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If I ever have some, yeah, I will like always look something up. Like I like when uh, something comes up, I'm like, whoa, I actually haven't heard this or don't know that I'm familiar with that word. Let me go check it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously working in this, uh, this, this industry, like, you know, being, you know, not necessarily wordsmith, but like command of like English language is kind of a prerequisite, but at the same time, um, a lot of these games do expose you to a lot of things you're just not as familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like Final Fantasy XIV, um, that that the English localization team really loves to pull pull some stuff out of uh, olden times. And it's like, wait, what did I just hear? Yeah, that game. Like, yeah. uh, what, like old Yuri Anji. It's like, what? Yeah, he's like <laughs> wait, slow down. <laughs> I got to reread that again because holy shit. <laughs> like, and they, there's. there's just pull it off so seamlessly it's like wow you are on a just different level sometimes it's insane there's um there's the line that's been doing the rounds that lots of people have been clipping it that i really love with harpocrates talking about toggle and um it's the one where um uh they go 
uh, I can't remember the exact line. It was like, well, only earlier I found him with his head in my nuts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I've heard so, so many people have clipped, which is so much fun. And Harpocrates mm-hmm. up to that point has been quite like a very smooth, calm individual. And then he can just hear the glee when you're hearing the double entendre of head in my nuts. Yes. Um, I absolutely love. Uh, there's, it's, it's a very cheeky game. You know? Yeah, there are absolutely. Lots of, like, any wordplay. Absolutely. There is a side quest called Cock and Ball. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shout out to Tomes, dude. Love Tomes. Is, yeah. yeah. They like to have fun. All right. This is from Nick uh, Ukeman. Question for everyone. Now that all the new games are out of the way, I decided to go, to go back through my backlog and bought Horizon Burning Shores. Was excited to jump in. Was excited to jump in. But about after five minutes, I realized I can't remember how to play this game any more or any of the upgrade systems or what I was upgrading. My question is, are any of you, have any of you ever put in this position, returning to a DLC after a while, maybe not knowing how to play? Uh, exact same thing happened to you with that game. I did play Burning Shores and it had been a while and I was like, oh shit, I don't remember how to play any of this at all. Because you got all these like different yeah. weapon types and everything like that. I was just like, dude, it took me like an hour and a half to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I can't remember the last time because generally more more and more I'm less favorable towards waiting for DLC too long. Sure. Um, so most of the DLC that I really enjoyed and gravitated towards was a little bit more in close proximity to the original release of the game. Mm-hmm. Like Xbox 360, PS3 days, like played a lot. I felt like I played way more DLC back then. And things would come out within a month or two back then. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, there's yeah. I think one that would have been a good one, but I never dove into it was the the King Heart, Kingdom Hearts three DLC because oh, a whole right? year after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have probably been like, oh gosh, yeah. How do I do this again? Mm-hmm. Especially since it was it's so skewed a little bit more difficult too. too for, wasn't some of the content skewed a little bit more difficult in that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> would have like been super bosses. Yep, like a lot of yep. that is super bosses. So that might have been a little bit more of a painful experience to yeah, have to it was endure tough. that for yeah. sure. It was tough. What about you, Ben? Anything? I have two. I have two oh, examples. Okay. One, one was um, The Witcher Three when I played, jumped into Blood and Wine, oh, and they completely yeah. revamped it. They had changed the hell out of that game by the time yeah. Blood and Wine it was full expansion. Obviously, an amazing expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember just thinking, I don't even remember the menus at this because they just shifted everything around. Um, so that was that was a real shock. But again, Blood and Wine, wow, we yeah, CD project, well done, on fantastic that. expansion. Um, just a gold, gold standard of, of kind of single-player expansions. Um, and then the other one was recently, when it was maybe like last year, I played uh, Intermission. Uh, oh, okay. Remake Intermission. After yeah. I, I played Remake when it first came out, mm-hmm. I did everything I possibly could. I just, you know, you, you know those systems inside and out, especially when you go through and replay it on hard mode, the game really shifts. I'm like, I am good at this game. And then you play Intermission, which is Yuffie's story. But what happens after you complete that is you get extra modes. You get extra boss battles in seven. Mm-hmm. So I went, I thought, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do that and try and defeat Weiss. That was a mistake. Yeah, yeah he's that tough. Was, that, was, that was about six hours of me in menus trying to respec and relearn how to play as Tifa like having to it was just it was worth it because it's amazing and the, the feeling of defeating it 
it's like yeah fuck you um but it was um that was an experience of going you didn't just have to read because you know you only play as yuffie in the in the dlc mm -hmm. but relearning how to play at the highest possible level in the hardest possible boss like it's literally saying sprint at, at rocket speed before you can walk um that was a real shock yeah as, yeah, those boss fights, some of them are super tough. Mm -hmm. Nomura likes really tough optional bosses. You can really see that in Kingdom Hearts games where I'm like, dude, yeah, these yeah. are insanely hard. Yeah. All right, two more questions. This uh, second to last one is from Diego. Hello, Brad, Damiani, and Ben. As of recently, I've been obsessed with collecting art books for all my favorite games, from Persona 5 to Breath of the Wild to Final Fantasy Ultimania Archives. Square recently announced of Square recently announced the Final Fantasy 16 art book releasing next year has me pretty hyped. Are there any games whose art slash art direction you enjoy enough to get dedicated art books of? Thanks for all the work you do, and, and thanks to Ben for the fantastic performance that he brought that brought me to tears. Love and respect. Um, yeah, I have uh, several game art books. I have well, I have like the Amano one that has like three separate Amano books within it. That is just insanely beautiful. Yeah. I have um, a couple of Dark Souls ones. I've got a lot of their artworks in there. And I have, I think I have Zelda's one. I have a couple Zelda ones, I think, also. Yeah. They were at least like one or two yeah. in the last few years. I have yeah. a Persona 5 one also. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to think else at the top of my head. I can't think of the top of my head. I've got uh, Valkyrie Chronicles. Oh, the yeah. They call them like Sega Visual Works. So those are really good. Um, the Tales of series. Ooh. I've got a few of those from the earlier, nice. from like Vesperia, uh, especially Vesperia. Oh, um, Vesperia. But uh, also, obviously, uh, Final, Final Fantasy XIV yeah. always comes out with multiple art books, and they're great because they also have like extra like lore information on them. They do do their dedicated lore books. The Eorzean Encyclopedia, a new volume is coming out. It's like oh gosh, what is that volume three? Volume three. I have like I. Haven't even finished I almost bought volume one. one. Then I was like, I have no space for this. Yeah, it's it's like in case I we didn't talk about it real quick, but uh, uh, something someone asked about active time lore. There's a thought that came in my head. Sorry, it's so random. Uh, I really hope 14 adopts active time lore. I hope every game adopts <laughs> because that. then I want to need to bring out Encyclopedia Eorzea every time I have like a question. Oh wait, 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 what is that referencing? Anyway, yes, the 14 art books are really great. Like you get to see all the character art, you get to see the like all the environment art, mm -hmm. the field work art, the dungeon art. Like they get, get very granular with that stuff too, and all the notes from the artists in there are just really, really good information. Yeah. Do you have any Ben? I don't have a single art book, and that's not because I didn't want them. I but I have I have every single Final Fantasy guide ever. Oh, that's <laughs> that awesome! I have I have every single one. Well, at least the piggyback ones in the UK. We released them on piggyback. I know maybe I think you had was it Prima? Yes, yes. Little, um, those were most of ours. Yeah, yeah. And I've got some. I've got some Prima like uh, Final Fantasy anthology ones and stuff because you couldn't get those. Um, but yeah, I was an avid collector of the strategy guys because I just thought they were so beautiful. And so, you know, I think they didn't do one for 16, but I've got the beautiful hardback one for, for 15. And I just really thought that the 12 one is gorgeous. It looks like an old tome. Mm -hmm. um, and I just have those on my, on my shelf. Um, also the ones for Nino Cooney, shout out to Nino Cooney. Oh yeah. Um, just 
what a game. Um, actually, the team who localized uh, 16 worked on Nina Cooney. They're the reason why Drippy was. Oh, um, oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I know all about like the work that went into Drippy and stuff and capturing that that like the, yeah. the comedy bits and like the, the 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 flavor text of that in from Japanese to English. And so you use that like popular Japanese comedy duo for the source of it, but they wanted to, oh yeah. I'm a huge Nino Kuni fan too. And that that the the physical edition with that book, the tome that came with it with all the spells, because the game wanted yeah. you to look that up. It was like they mm-hmm. really haven't made a game like that since where you, you had a physical item that you needed to reference for all that and Oh, so good. Yes, so good. <laughs> Nina, Nina Uni is, is, is a masterpiece. If you're ever in the UK, I'll, I'll make sure you meet the team. Oh, they are so, oh. they're so talented. They worked on oh. Dragon Quest XI as well. Like, they oh, are an absolute crack team. They're God. a crack team. And I, I, and I, I love Nina Kuni. It's been a pleasure working with them. Yeah. Yeah, the Damn. VO in that game is so good. Yeah. yeah it's just top notch. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, yeah. No, no. I just was going to sing their, just sing their praises, and, oh, and I love. Please I just, sing I, the praises. Let's do, po- let's just do an entire podcast on Nino Cooney. Just <laughs> yeah. I'm very down for this. Yeah. I'm very down for this. I never finished the first one, but I beat two. So, do you know technically when you say first, you actually don't mean the first? Right? I mean the first in the West. Yeah, right? there you go. Because the DS version yeah. was the the first one. The first one available here, here. although. They did fan localize that. Highly recommended too. Even oh. more reliant on the book than the oh, PS3 wow. version. Yeah. All right. This is from Daniel Matos. Simple question for Ben Starr. What was your favorite small character moment in Final Fantasy 16? There are lots of big dramatic cutscenes where characters confront each other or are tr- or, or are tearfully reunited. But what mm. what's but what's more a low key understated moment between Clive and another character that stands out to you? Um, I really like. It's a moment that most people probably actually got to that I really liked, and it's actually not like a happy moment, but I, I really love it in the game. And it is um, it's when you're in Sambrek for the first time, and it's the Chloe quest mm-hmm. when you um, yeah. you are asked to go and find Chloe. This yes. this little play this little play thing, and I think it's probably when the game really reveals it to you about how savage this game can be, and um, that I really liked because Clive goes off, yeah, he goes off on the person who sends him on that quest, um, and it was it was really interesting. Again, it was unexpected when we did it, um, and it's just a small little interaction. Um, and it shows you maybe how savage the world can be and also how invested Clive is. I think his reaction to that moment shows you, it says so much about his past. It says so much about his abandonment from um, um, his relationship with his mother uh, and how the idea that if you are a branded in this world, and I love it because I think in that simple quest, it distills Clive's entire relationship with the idea of being a bearer and magic and stuff and i love it um yeah and i really love what we did with it in that moment definitely super intense themes yeah. absolutely but yeah i think you really got the point across and yeah i do think that was a really good moment absolutely in the game um that's it we're done we got it we did it all we went through everything ben Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. Pleasure to chat with you as always. Uh, thank you for having me. 
whenever you start your 14 journey, you let us know. We'll be yeah. there, willing to help, whatever help you want. Yep. I am, absolutely I am a very hands-off approach with 14. <laughs> I've seen how many new people try and get in and how many people try and over-explain things. And I know the beauty of that game is uh, do it for yourself. And when you have questions, you'll seek out the answers. So obviously, if you, you know any guidance, glad to give. But I really highly suggest trying to do it on your own first. Um, as as much as you can because it's such a it's such a journey, um, yeah. but yeah, I can't wait to see it. Even if it's you know, be like we can't be a part of it for whatever reason, I'm still will be happy to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most important part is that you play it and have a good time. Yeah, start um, start designing the world premiere graphic now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then once you get to a raise or a dungeon, you can get killed because Damiani doesn't tell you stuff like what happens to me all the time. He loves to watch, loves to watch me suffer in good ways, but it is fun. He's a hard master. I appreciate that. I, yes. I, I, gla- I will gladly let you watch me die again and again and again. <laughs> Which is funny because I mostly, as Brad says, I mostly play healer with you. So yes. it's like, so if then, I die, then it's like, it's like you, then you get to blame me because it's like, well, you didn't tell me, but why didn't you like keep me alive then? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ben, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? You can probably find me on social media talking silly things in Clive's voice or something. Um, yeah. No, I'm on, I'm on the X, as the we X. now know it, platform. That's right. I refuse yes. to call it that. It's Twitter. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at the T-H-E underscore Ben yeah. underscore star. And um, I'll be there. And um, feel free to join in the tomfoolery that happens with me on there. I love to be very, very silly. Yeah, lots of good pictures with your dog. I, li- I appreciate he's those. Right oh, he's right there. He's wow. Right there. Oh, oh, wow. He came in halfway through and pitted around and pitted, 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 patted around. And I was like, Milton. And there was a ball <laughs> directly underneath this sofa that he was just staring at for a good hour. And oh, I had, just had his face looking at me like, Milton, you're not getting that ball. So now he's just dejected on the floor over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Dumb man, do you have any final thoughts? Are you good? Oh, yeah, this was great. Thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, good talk. Glad to share our yes. best thoughts. And, Maybe uh, sometime in the future we could talk 16 more and something yeah. like that. Maybe we can get love to. into the nitty gritty down the line eventually. Oh, yes. When would it is permitted. Into, would love to get into it. Because yes, but I yes. have many questions still. So hopefully we'll figure something out with that. Uh, thank you for watching in, listening, mm-hmm. sending questions in. We appreciate it as always. We are Easy Allies. Check us out on YouTube. We got we got streams on Twitch. We got all that good stuff. We appreciate it if you stopped by and said hello. Uh, once again, thank you, Ben, for hanging out with us. I know this was a long a long session, but you did great. We made it through. It was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, until next episode, everybody. We'll see you all next time. Take care. <laughs>